Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning. Friday is finally upon us. A pleasant good Friday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench. Presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Casey, Lindsay, how are we looking? Looking good, Tom. Looking good. Ready to go for the weekend? Big college weekend this weekend. We live vicariously through you, Lindsay. I'm actually going home for the weekend, so I'll be with my family. Well, maybe we're not living vicariously. <laughs> we wish your family nothing but the very, very best. But uh, look, uh, I'm hanging with my family all weekend. I thought maybe we could have something to, to, to you know, live through her. You're not that far removed from those days. I'm not that far, but I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm past it now. Casey told me he was going clubbing this weekend. Clubbing? Clubbing. Yeah, that's what you told me last night. I could you... see Casey uh, clubbing. I could see it. I, I don't know so if I'm... Ice Spice. I'm not clubbing this weekend. I'm clubbing next weekend. Next week. It's my... Wife's birthday next week. What's your Does she like clubbing? Well, she likes going to uh, she likes going to uh, boogie nights. So boogie. What is boogie nights? I mean, I I know the movie and I I know what 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 that kind of music is, but is that a bar? It's at the Hollywood Casino. It's It's a yeah, it's a little nightclub, a little dance club. Hollywood Casino, the one in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. So they have a nightclub in there. Oh yeah. 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 It gets pretty crowded. Yeah, and, and they, they dress up just... in seventies like disco attire. Really? Oh yeah, now, that sounds fun. fun. Yeah. Fun. yeah, that sounds fun. You going with a group of people? You spending the night there? I don't think we'll be spending the night. I'll probably be sober enough to to drive. Probably. Have you heard those commercials? <laughs> probably. Pro- That's a bad be, word. Probably. I'll be good enough by like two in the morning, three in the morning. Good enough. Good enough. Tom, we're just going to hang out with a bunch of friends. And actually, I'm supposed to invite everyone here because uh, the guys are just going to go gambling. Oh. So minute, she doesn't wait, want wait, any wait, of the guys. On, hold on a second. Yeah. You don't have to twist it's my It's your arm. wife's birthday. I heard it, that correct, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So Alexandria would like to go to boogie nights. With her girls, yeah. W- with her girlfriends. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care about going to you. No. She could care less. Uh, yeah, you've only been married a year. You've, you've already hit it. Well, yeah, not even a year. Already there, not Tom. even there. I, to, I told you that to would happen. Me. I told you just wait. Wait till you get in about year nine, year 17, year 21. Yeah. Hell, you won't even know when her birthday is by then. I don't know, Tom. She already knows that I'm going to be spending her money on that, on that day, too. So Why would you just, be spending her money? It's well, your money, too, right? You have an hour money fund? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I, I, just don't, I don't get it when you just told me you set this whole thing up by saying you're going clubbing on your wife's birthday. Yeah. And yet we, we don't even have to dig very deep. It's like, you know, scratching off a, a lotto ticket, right? Right. I mean, it just comes right off. Don't yeah. they still scratch lotto tickets? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, and, and, and all of a sudden we find out that really... You're just going to, are you going to dress up to gamble in Uh, 70s attire to be in the spirit of things? Like I'll probably stay there and boogie a little bit. So yeah, maybe I'll dress up a little bit and I'll (laughs) boogie for for a while. And then after a little bit, when she's tired of me, when she says I'm a terrible dancer, I'll just go and uh, hit the blackjack table. I got you. Now, was that picture you posted last night that I liked of you and your bride all dolled up and dressed up? Were you guys out somewhere last night? No, that was just that a picture. That came across to Twitter, and I'm like, wow, Thursday night, big night. No, big we night. were we were out. Uh, that Didn't was you see it, Elliot? I saw it. Okay, you were what? 
We were at a wedding this summer out at Spooky Nook right across the river where the Reds Caravan was. Yeah, there was a wedding there, and that was just a picture that it came across. And me and my wife were at home. We were listening to music and dancing together, and I was just like – Dancing? Oh, yeah. We, Boogie nights? No, we just – sometimes <laughs> I play some music on the on the um, um, on my record player. Nice. We sit there and we dance, have a drink together. So what would be one of the songs? Just give us for an example. One of the songs you danced to was – Hold You in My Arms by Great Ray LaMontagne. Yep. How about that? I love wow. that song. Romantic. Yeah. I'm, we love each other. I'm well, surprised. amen. I'm surprised I didn't get an invite. You want to come? You wanna yeah, come dance I want to go to the dance party. You know, it's funny. Um, Casey's talking about Boogie Nights. I went boogie. I went to Boogie Nights with my friends about a year and a half ago. And we were, I mean, we were discoing. We were doing all the things. They play that song from Dirty Dancing. Where the, yes. Uh, Time of my life. And he lifts right. her up. And me and my friends, we were a little drunk, and I, and I look across the – we're about 15 feet away from each other, and we make eye contact. We had no plans of this beforehand. And we just look at each other, and it comes to the moment. Wow. He runs on over to me. Yeah. I lift him up. We do the exact scene from Dirty Dancing. A uh, bouncer comes over and taps on the shoulder and just goes, hey, no Dirty Dancing in here. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. No Dirty Dancing in here. No Dirty Dancing. I mean, God forbid. God forbid. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12. You can join us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live every day on X at Seabox Sports. Or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. All right. You know, it was this weekend over the last two years. This town was buzzing. And I mean buzzing. Bengals and the Chiefs going toe-to-toe, back-to-back AFC championship games. Boy, it's funny how the more things change, the Bengals, the more they stay the same, the Chiefs. Kansas City plays its sixth consecutive AFC title game this Sunday. It's the first time the Chiefs will play this game on the road against the best team in football this season, the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's never played in this game. Is this a career-defining game for him at the ripe age of 26? Will Patrick Mahomes lead his team to a fourth Super Bowl in his first six seasons in the NFL? Kickoff 3 o'clock. The game can be seen on CBS over on the NFC side. Really, the story of David against Goliath. The Lions playing in the title game for the second time ever, first time in over 30 years. The 49ers, the storied 49ers, as we know, have been in this spot so many times before. Led this time not by Montana or Young or even... Your guy, Colin Kaepernick. But by a quarterback who is the last pick in the draft two years ago. Is Debo Samuel going to play after suffering a shoulder injury last week? He did practice yesterday. Kickoff Sunday, 6.30 on Fox. We'll break down both of these games in detail. Discuss them at length coming up shortly. As for the Bengals, what's next for them? In a matter of moments, Jay Morrison will join us on Off the Bench to try and answer some of those questions. The Atlanta Falcons hired Raheem Morris to be their new head coach yesterday, the same guy they fired three years ago when he was their interim head coach. Morris gets a second shot as the head man. He was in Tampa 14 years ago. The Falcons interviewed 14 different candidates, including Jim Harbaugh twice, Bill Belichick twice, Dave Canales, the former offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay, the new head coach in Carolina. Does this mean the greatest coach of all time is on the NFL employment line this upcoming season? Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls. 
And this guy can't get a job? I mean, what in the hell is going on? Patriots receiver, did you see this story? Kayshawn Booty was arrested yesterday for making nearly 9,000 bets while he was playing college football at LSU. He was underage at the time and used an alias to place those wagers. The university, of course, says, we had no idea this was going on. No, no, no. Not in an, not in an SEC school. There's no chance they knew about this. It only came to light after he declared for the NFL draft. College hoops, Purdue, Fort Wayne beat NKU last night. Norse 11 and 10 on the year. Number nine, Arizona loses on a buzzer beater to Oregon State, 83-80. UC returns home. Very important game this weekend against UCF, a UCF team that has wins we discussed yesterday over Kansas and Texas. The Bearcats, obviously, they got to find a way to finish games. They have four conference losses this month, a total of 13 points combined, 7 o'clock tip tomorrow night on something called ESPN+. Xavier looks to rebound from one that got away three nights ago at number 17, Creighton, but that's not going to be easy. Because this time, it ain't against number 17. It's against number one UConn. It's on the road. That's a noon tip on Sunday. And that game is on FS1. All right, let's get right to our buddy Jay, uh, Jay Morrison, the pride of Ohio University, as is his son. He's yes. not in Athens anymore. Is he having any kind of, uh, you know, cold turkey? Is he all right? Is he getting through the days and the nights without being in Athens? He is. We we moved him into his apartment in Columbus. He's working for the Ohio Department of Transportation, and uh, his first his first big boy job. He's waiting on that first big boy paycheck. I, I, I think uh, I think he had a little culture shock when he went out for the first time. He's like, I can't believe how expensive drinks are in Columbus. It's like, yeah. right, they're like that everywhere. It's just it's, <laughs> Athens was the outlier where it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, I may have to get. I may have to drive down there after I get off this show today. You're right. You got me all fired up thinking about that. Hey, by the way, Reed pointed out to me one of your feather, uh, fellow uh, Hamilton brethren. What did you say you saw? He tweeted out today. I didn't see it. I saw you made the finals in your your trivia the trivia tournament your trivia team tournament. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's a sports trivia competition. They do it eight weeks in a row. So the winner each week advances to the final. If we can keep winning every week, then we will. We would. There would only be three teams in the final because we didn't win the first two weeks. So we're going to keep playing even though we qualified. All right. Well, congratulations. Good luck on that. Good luck on Thanks. that. All right. Uh, first things first. Uh, I, I read this morning where Brian Callahan made a comment yesterday that as the new head coach with the Titans, he is going to call the plays on offense. And that's fine. That's something he did not do here. We know that. And now all of a sudden, Dan Pitcher takes over at the ripe age of, what, 37 years young. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Jay, that nothing's going to change here. Zach's going to continue to call the plays. Is that a safe assumption? Yeah, yeah, he said. So he said he didn't know if everything was going to be the same, but he did indicate yesterday that he, he's going to continue calling plays, which makes what? sense. You know, if he did, didn't turn it over to Brian after five years or four, you know, four years, and then the last year would have been a fifth. I, I can't imagine he would turn it over to a first-year offensive coordinator and pitcher, even though he thinks the world of pitcher. What will be different, if anything, uh, with pitcher's promotion, Callahan gone, and Cragthorpe as the quarterback's coach? Anything different? I don't think so, and I think that's the appeal, that, that they the continuity that they've kind of banked on all these years with you know Brian and, and Lou and Zach all being together and throw Darren Simmons in there as the, the special teams coordinator. 
uh, five years in a row. Uh, nobody else in the league could say that. Um, so I, I think that's that was the appeal. This kind of a seamless transition. They, this was a succession plan all along, and there was there was a little bit of nerves when, when pitchers started interviewing elsewhere. Um, but the the Bengals were very thankful to the Titans for moving so fast on Brian and not really getting giving Dan Pitcher much of a chance to to get traction at some of those other spots. And they they wanted him. They made sure they got him. And I think that's a big part of it is is keeping everything at, about as same as it can be. Okay, I made the comment yesterday, um, Jay, that, you know, in here, guys aren't worried about the offense looking ahead to next year. I'm going to throw last year out, even though you can't certainly take away the job they did once um, Jake Browning took over. I thought they did an excellent job outside of two games against the Steelers. But when, when, when I say I'm concerned about the offense moving forward, and I made the comment, there may be no mixing. Boyd, Higgins, Jonah Williams, um, a, a year older, Karras uh, and Kappa, um, you know, Volson, who knows? Um, am I off base there? I mean, can one guy coming back to full health, Joe Burrow, not have me concerned about the offense? We'll get to the defense in a minute. But those are a lot of big-time contributing players that theoretically could be gone next year. Yeah, I, I mean, Burrow does have that ability to kind of make everyone around him better. But you're right, there are concerns. I, although I, I don't think T is going to be gone. I, okay. I just, I assume they're going to franchise tag him, and he's not going to sit out. He's not going to you know hold out and not play. There, it's 21 million guaranteed. If he were to hold out and say I don't want to play on the tag, then the Bengals could just turn around and do it next year. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't get a year of accrued service if he sits out. So he may not like it. He may hold out in the OTAs and part of training camp like Jesse Bates did, who has the same agent as T. Higgins. So I, I think we're going to see T. Higgins and Jamar Chase run it back for at least one more year. But you're right that losing Jonah is a big concern because there's nobody on this roster that you feel confident about stepping into that role. So they either have to go out and spend in free agency and get a guy or they have to draft someone and they've not been very good at drafting offensive linemen. So that's a, that's a big concern there. Um, I think Mixon's addition by subtraction. I just, he, he's very good. He, he's solid. He doesn't fumble. He gives you the efficient runs, but he, he didn't have that explosion that they, they really covet because they're, they're never going to be a heavy volume run team. So if, if you're running the ball fewer, you need to hit some of those big ones and you'll live with the, the minus twos, the minus threes every now and then if you're getting the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. And, you know, Mixon just didn't give you the negative runs, but he didn't give you m too many runs above 10 yards either. So I think Chase Brown and then they'll add to that room. So there, there are concerns with what the offense will look like. But if you've got Burrow as the centerpiece, you can you can manage kind of those other question marks. And, and who knows? Maybe they draft a tackle who's better than Jonah. Maybe they go get another running back who pairs with Chase Brown and the running game's even better than it was. It's It could go either way, but I, you're right. With, with with this much change, it's the most change we've seen in quite a time, in quite some time with this team. So there's always going to be questions and concerns. Um, is it, you know, you mentioned the offensive line thing and we brought this up yesterday and I made specific reference to Jackson Carmen. I mean, look, the Bengals weren't the only team 
four years ago. This guy's a starting left tackle at Clemson, one of the great programs in the country. They've got Trevor Lawrence. He's their blindside guy. When you drafted him, you're thinking, okay, a lot of people were saying it at the time. You know, this is an eight to 10 year starter potentially could be there for you, blah, 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 blah. We know how that has worked out or, or not worked out. Um, I don't know if this is a fair question. Maybe the answer is it's a combination of the two. Is it more of the evaluation of drafting offensive linemen with this team, or is it the development once they get here? It's a great question because yeah, they basically – you throw out the Jim Turner year. So it's been Frank Pollock and, and Paul Alexander forever, those two guys, and they have a track record of of developing offensive linemen. It, but – you know, for whatever reason, Frank hasn't been able to do it here the way he did it in Dallas. So it, our, that would lead you to maybe believe that, that it is the evaluation and it's 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 coming from the, the scouting side of things that they're getting the wrong guys in here. Because, you know, Deontay Smith, too, fourth round pick, and they were high on him and he just hasn't developed. And and, and him and Carmen were kind of, was kind of a roulette wheel who was going to be inactive each week. Um, so these guys aren't even dressing on game day. Um they, you, you do look, though, at the, the pro side. Right? I, I thought Cody Ford was a, a sneaky good signing, and, yep. and he comes in and, and was really impressive this year. I think they're going to bring him back this year. So it's it's it seems to be somewhat on the development side, but maybe it's, maybe it's both. Maybe they're drafting the wrong guys, and that's why they can't develop them. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I, I am not that versed in the, the technique and the inside uh, part of, of offensive line, uh, but I just know – you know, talking to people that, that the players, they love Frank and they love what they, what he does to make them better. But for whatever reason, the, the rookies that they're bringing in just aren't getting to where they need to get to. Jay Morrison, Pro Football Talk, kind enough to uh, join us here today. Um, you know, w- w- when, when, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, and we were talking about this with Kansas City uh, yesterday, that is a very, very young defense. Uh, the Bengals, you know, when they were loading up and they had, and they had gotten all these guys on offense, they went out and spent a fortune and did a great job, by and large, in free agency when they brought in, you know, whether it was Trey Hendrickson or Von Bell and the Lisco Awuzie, Hilton, all these sorts of guys. But, but, but now we saw the kind of season the defense had last year. Are, are you expecting or are they in a position, maybe is a better question, of, of if not a complete overhaul, a serious change, multiple changes on the defensive side, or are they unable to do it? I, I yes, I think you're going to see an overhaul, but only on the defensive line. I, I you know, Pratt and, and Logan Wilson just signed extensions last year. They're locked in for a couple years um, at linebacker. The secondary, I mean, DJ Turner was a rookie last year, played well, but played like a rookie also. Cam Taylor Britt is in, he was in his second year, so those guys are going to be here for a while. Hilton's got one more year to go. I don't know what they're going to do at safety, but I, I have a feeling that what we saw last year there was a lo- there was a lot of um, excitement about what Jordan Battle can be, and he played like a rookie at times, but he came in, took over as a starter, so he's going to be back there for a while. And Dax Hill was your first round pick last year. It didn't mesh. Part of that was there was so much youth back there, especially on the back end, and the communication was a problem. Um, the, not so much the athleticism and the ability of these guys. So I I don't think you're going to – the second tier and the third tier of that defense, you're not going to see a lot of change. But they've got to do something 
up the middle on that defensive line. You need to get more juice on the outside too, at, at edge rusher. It can't just be Trey Hendrickson up here at 17 and a half and, and nobody else has more than six sacks. You need some balance on that D line. Um, and, and who knows what's going to happen with DJ reader. Um, and, and then his backups, Tupo, Jay Tefele there. I mean, it's just, they need more depth in there and they need a, they need a stud three tech to get in there that can push the pocket and, and get some pressure on the quarterback, get some sacks from the middle of the defensive line. So even if they find a way to, to bring DJ reader back next year on a kind of a prove it deal, cause he's not going to be healthy till August, September, everybody's going to have spent all their money by then in free agency. I could definitely see him coming back on a, on a cheap deal, but you still need to really attack that position in free agency and the draft because that, that line, it was kind of the strength of the team the last couple of years. And it, it's, Sam Hubbard's getting old fast. Joseph Osai has never developed. Cam Sample's a nice player, but he's, he's, he just doesn't bring that juice in the pass rush. So they, they need a major upgrade and restocking at that position. Do you, do you think it's more of a – I mean, you mentioned about the sack differential between Hendrickson and then everybody else. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are very high on Miles Murphy. I mean, he showed moments mm -hmm. when he got a chance to play. didn't play much, especially the first three quarters of the season. Then he did get a chance to play once Hubbard got hurt. Um, but, but do you think, and because you just referenced both of them, if you could only do one or the other, go get a pass rusher or go get uh, you know, a Chris Jones, right? I mean, that would be – look, Orlando Brown Jr. came out of left field. Nobody saw that one coming last year. At least I didn't. Maybe you did. I mean, no, all of a sudden that thing happens, and there he was, right? The most coveted offensive lineman on the free agent market, and bang, the Bengals make him the highest paid guy. Would you be shocked at a Chris Jones kind of a sign? Yeah, I think I would. I, I mean, I guess you, you learn never to be surprised after yeah. last year, but a big part of last year was the fact that they wanted to re-sign Von Bell and they wanted to sign Samaje P. Ryan and those guys turned down offers from the Bengals to go elsewhere and then they're left holding all this money. And it's like, well, this guy's available. We need an upgrade on the line And that's kind of how the Orlando Brown thing came about. I don't know. I don't know if they would go that high on a Chris Jones. It's just, you're going to have to pay Chase Jamar Chase is going to reset the, the receiver market. It, I, I think they're going to try to sign Higgins to an extension. I don't know if that he'll be willing to, to do it for what they're going to offer, but they've got all this this big money tied into so many other positions. Burrow, obviously, or you mentioned Orlando Brown. Hendrickson even got a, a bump last year pay raise. So I, I think the way to go there would be to to get a young stud in there and in, in, kind of ride him for four years on a rookie deal. I, I wouldn't put it at 0%, obviously, but I think yeah. the chances are pretty low they would go after a Chris Jones. Okay. All right. Um, at the end of the day, your gut tells you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip off a couple of players here, and, and I want to ask, you've already made reference to the T. Higgins situation. Do you think they sign him long-term? I don't. Um, I just – the focus is going to be Chase. I don't know that you can tie up that much money uh, at that position when you've got all this other money elsewhere. I think a big part of it that people forget is T wants to be a number one. And he's never going to be a number one here. Um, and now it's very intriguing with Brian Callahan going to Tennessee, which is T's home state. And you grew up not far from Nashville. Um, maybe that's a landing spot for him next year after he plays on the franchise tag this year. I just I think he's going to want to 
go somewhere and, and be the guy. And he's always going to kind of be in Jamar's shadow here, uh, literally and figuratively, because his locker's right next to Jamar's. And Jamar sits and holds court every Thursday. And the, the scrum of media kind of, it's so big, it infringes on T's space. So it's just, uh, I I just can't see him staying here long. I think the Bengals, Bengals will make a run. They'll make an offer. But I don't know it's going to be good enough to keep him here. Okay, well, well, with that in mind, though, uh, so you, so your feeling, if I hear you right, is, Jay, you think that they franchise Higgins uh, one more year with the quote-unquote boys in the band, right? Higgins, <laughs> yep. Chase, Burrow, no more Boyd, one, one would assume. That's what you think ultimately happens? Yeah, yeah, I would expect that because a lot of people talk about a tag-and-trade, but I just I don't see the Bengals doing that because they, they value so much what they know. And, yeah, even if – someone gives you a great package of picks for T Higgins. They always talk about this draft picks are big question marks. You don't know what you're getting in these guys that you draft, you know what you've got in T Higgins. And if you keep him for one more year, then he walks in free agency next year. Then you're talking about a third round comp pick. So you're still getting a pick anyhow yeah. uh, as a comp pick. Um, and then you didn't have to trade him. You got him for one more year. Fellas, anything for our good friend, Jay Morrison, before we let him get out of here. No, you guys covered all the the questions that the Bengals have this off season, and we'll, we'll see how the dominoes lay. Elliot, I, I've got one. I've got one. Hi, Jay. I, I'm Elliot. Nice to hey. meet you. I I, I want to say I, I have one question. Do you think the Bengals will get rid of Brad Robbins? I don't. I I, really? I know that's a that, yes. I, I think they're going to bring in competition, um, and and you know he will have to fight for that job. I don't think they're going to cut him. Um, Darren Simmons has been adamant about how impressive he is in, in, in practices and drills. And it just isn't translating to the game. And part of that could be rookie jitters. Uh, he's going to get a, they're not going to cut him. So they'll give him a chance in OTAs. And then in, in camp, obviously they'll bring in another leg to compete with them. But they, they were so high on him and he's got a proven track record at Michigan. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out this year, but they're going to at least give him one more chance to prove that, that he can be who they thought he was or who they think he is. All right. All right. Thank you. And uh, Casey, you're our football guy. Anything for Mr. Morrison? No, I don't got anything for okay. Morrison. All right. Jay, we can't thank you enough for your time. My friend, you got any predictions on this weekend? Who do you like? Yeah, I like both home teams. I, I, I think uh, Detroit's a great story, but take them out of the dome, take them out to San Francisco. Debo Samuel's a big wild card there. If he yeah. doesn't play, I give, I give Detroit a chance. Um, I think Baltimore's going to handle Kansas City pretty easy. You, you, obviously, Mahomes is a stud. But the two things that concern you on that offense, Pacheco, the two linebackers for Queen and Roquan Smith can negate Pacheco in the run game. And then Travis Kelsey, Kyle Hamilton, there's this Baltimore safety, all pro safety. He can cover him one-on-one. -on -one. So I really think Kansas City is going to struggle to score. I don't think Baltimore is going to struggle to score. I don't think that game's even going to be that close. I think Baltimore is going to run away with it. Hey, uh, you know, one, one more thing that came to mind I want to ask you before I let you go. Sure. Um, I, I am in shock. And look, it's not everything's not a done deal yet. But I sit there and I say to myself, and I'm sure there are arguments for it, but man, I sit there and I say to myself, how in the world is Bill Belichick not hired as a head coach somewhere? I think you look at the teams, a lot of the teams that are hiring this cycle and there's, there's some rebuilds that need to be done there. And, and, and Bill's obviously older. And I think he's better suited to go somewhere like Dallas or Buffalo next year. Teams that are ready to win but just haven't got over that final hump. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think 
that's what you're going to see is him go to a more established team next year, kind of take this year off. He obviously wants to coach. He wants to break down Shula's record. Um, and I just think the teams that are that have such a far climb to go, maybe as great as Bill Belichick is, don't view that as a good pairing. And, and maybe next year we see Dallas, Buffalo, who knows? Maybe there's another surprise team that, that uh, can't get over the hump. They, I don't think Harbaugh would step away. But if Baltimore doesn't get there again this year, then there's questions there. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Jay, we thank you so much, as always, for your time, my friend. All the best and hope you have a great weekend. Okay, thanks, Tom. All right, Jay Morrison. Jay. Boy, what a great dude. I mean, no surprise, guy like that's an Ohio University guy. No surprise that he's a Hamiltonian either. I mean, either. it doesn't matter where you go. If you want to get the best of the best of the best. You go to Hamilton. Roger Ailes, Matt Lauer, Tom Brenneman. What do we all have in common? <laughs> but Jay's not that guy. Jay's still on his game. You know, that's what happened. A buddy of mine said to me years ago, uh, you know, Roger Ailes was given all this money. For those who don't know Roger Ailes, he's the guy that started Fox News, right? right. Now, whether you like him right. or like his politics, it's irrelevant. He is one of the true, he might be the single greatest giant in the history of news television of all time. Okay, I believe he's got his issues, had his issues. Rest his soul, God rest his soul. But he was given tens of millions of dollars to his alma mater, right? And they were naming this after him, naming that. Well, then, you know. Hit the fan. Here we go. Okay. Now here comes Matt Lauer. Ohio University. Right? Mm -hmm. They're going to name this or name that. And he's giving all this money about it. Well, no, no. Not taking your money after we know it hit the fan. And a buddy of mine had said to me, he says, dude, whatever happens, don't let your name be put on anything at Ohio University because the wheels are going to fall off for you. Oh, no. Nothing was named, but the wheels fell off. And now I sit here with you guys and couldn't be happier. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we're happy to have you here, too. Thank you very Tom. much. Happy Thank to have you here, much. too. Lawnmower man loves you. Don't ever forget. Well, him. I haven't met him yet. I haven't met him yet. You know, uh, AJ says, Tom, uh, you had me fooled. I thought you went to Ohio State. I can be a fan of both. AJ, there's such a thing as being two things can be right at the same time. You can be an Ohio University grad and be an Ohio State fan. As a proud Ohio University And I would grad. never root for Ohio State over Ohio University in anything, ever, ever. As a proud Ohio University grad. Yes. How do you feel about Ohio State trying to claim like they are the Ohio State University? I, I don't like it right. because there is only one the Ohio University. It was the first one, and it's still strong and proud. What do you think about Oklahoma well, that's a, that, they, 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 I see that that that's an interesting one. I've told this story before because they're U of A. Um, they're U of the o. University of Oklahoma. And I asked a bunch of people down there when I did a couple of their games, including a national championship game against the Florida Gators. I asked someone, multiple people from the university, their great AD. And I said, look, everybody calls you guys OU. But you're the University of Oklahoma. Help me here. Help me. Yeah. Nobody had an answer. I'm still looking for help. <laughs> so to say that they're OU, no, no, they're not OU. They're the University of Oklahoma. End of story. That's right. Before we move on, we had two very big super chats from Chi-Town Real Estate. First He's off, busy today. First off, he gave a $20 super chat, says... Love the show. I may not be scoring touchdowns in sports talk, but I'm tackling real estate on my YouTube and TikTok channels. 
You ever need tips on home field advantage? Give me a follow. Help a real estate homie grow. And then threw in a $50 super chat and said, support the things you love. And that's exactly what Shy Town is doing. Amen. So thank you so much for supporting thank us. You, we will support you. If uh, I think Casey dropped uh, Shy Town Real Estate's YouTube channel in the chat, go give him a subscribe. Yeah. Go give him a subscribe. Hit that bell notification just like you do here every day so that you know when Shy Town's dropping new content. Thank you so much, Shy Town. I don't know how he does his job. I'll be honest with you. Because uh, I lived there for a number of years. I still have a sister that has lived there her entire adult life since getting out of college. Raised her family out in the western suburbs. Uh, but, I mean, I, I have made lifelong friends from back in my days with the Cubs there. And the amount of property taxes it costs to live in that town and in different suburbs, I don't know how anybody does it. Mm -hmm. you, you fight like crazy to make your mortgage payment, and then you get hit with those property tax bills in Chicago. And I'm sure he'll have something to say. He says, uh, last year taxes went up the most they've ever gone up. And, and they were already unbelievably high. He's paying over $9,000 a year. Steve a lot of other Chicago people says, are, too. What's that? Steve from Chicago says he's paying 8500 a year yeah. in property taxes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable how much money. And it's, it's causing people to leave the, leave the state. They're, they're, they're just running out of there. It's like California. People are just blowing right through the border. I like uh, the – this is a homeowner thing. So property taxes here are going up, too. Not, they're not, going up everywhere. Not, not the same rate, but they come through and they, hey, your property taxes are going up. Uh, the – Auditor values your house at this, and I want to be like, hey, I'm renovating my house right now, auditor. Why don't you come on inside and see that I don't have a kitchen and tell me the value of my house? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's plummet it down, and let's, let's pay these taxes what they actually are. But You had some dude tell you you needed $100,000. We'll leave the company unnamed. Correct. Needed $100,000 it would cost you to put in new windows in your $100,000. 160. $4,000 a window. Um, I've got other quotes at 30000 But, yeah, he gave me a two-hour presentation. Me, he shows up at my house. He's that I'm a 27-year-old kid, and he, he does his full two-hour presentation and gives me a quote for $160,000. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Here's the thing. You don't have to pay all $160,000 right now. And I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> that was that yeah, was Thank you. Thank you. He's like, here's what we'll do. We'll break it into monthly payments. Over the next uh, three years or something like that of about $5,000 mm. a month. And I wanted to look at the guy and, <laughs> and go, if I had $5,000 a month to spend on my home, I wouldn't be living in the home I'm currently living in. Like, I'd be living in a lot nicer home, guy. That guy wasted his time. He wasted my time. My wife told me 20 minutes before the guy showed up, hey, there's someone who's going to give us a quote. should take like 10 minutes or so. Just just entertain him two hours later. Why were you so nice to the guy? You have to be mean to the guy. I'm not suggesting you, you say anything bad to him. You just say, hey, you know, right from the get-go, you know, we're roughly what are we looking at ballpark here? And if he, if he says, you know, anything over X amount, you're just like, hey, man, I really appreciate it. Nice talking to you and good luck with everything. Well, like as – I mean, as you – uh, a salesman won't tell you the price to the end of the whole thing. He wants to show you how great they are. I'll do all these demonstrations and everything like that. Then they lay the price on you at the end. I wish the guy literally would have looked at me right away and just be like, hey, can you afford $4,000 a window? <laughs> nope. All right. See you later. Nice meeting you. Here's my number if you, if you ever get in that, that situation. Wasted our, both of our times. I don't, I, I don't feel sorry for the guy at that point. I actually mad at him. It's like you wasted two hours of my life. You wasted two hours of your life. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, anything from Jay Morrison Casey for you being Mr. Bengali of the room? 
Anything stand out for you that he had to say right there? Um, I mean, I the biggest thing was he feels very confident in T. Higgins returning. I, I feel the, pretty much the same way. And if that's the case, I look around the rest of the league, um, what else we can do to fill in some of the holes that we have. And I was just doing some some research on like some of the guys that are available. And I don't know. There's not really a, a slam dunk right tackle available. Um, the questions about the draft, like there's not really a slam dunk right tackle that I've seen so far. Um, I haven't done a ton of research. I'll get into that probably a couple weeks from now, and I'll I'll plant my flag on somebody to for the Bengals to draft. But right. at this very moment, um, it's. Uh, it's concerning because we're going to be spending all this money on T and then that leaves the right tackle position, a major hole. We're probably not going to re-sign Jonah then. Um, the defensive tackles around the league, he wasn't very confident in Chris Jones. Then what makes you believe that we'll get a guy like Christian Wilkins, who's, you know, similar talent, maybe a little, uh, not as a revered or, um, uh, sought after, but he, he's definitely an all pro, not all pro, uh, a pro bowler. He, he's definitely very good. Leonard Williams, same thing. Um, there's just, I don't, I don't know. It, it just seems like uh, he thinks that we're going to be retaining a lot of people and not going out and getting a lot of people. So that, that was a little concerning to me. I, I always uh, am, am quick to remind uh, our audience here about Casey when he's talking about these kinds of things because he was the guy that was on the Dewan Jones bandwagon. That's true. I mean, yeah. every team in the NFL had a chance to draft this cat. 6'8", 320, Mauler, right? Walks into Cleveland, last to the what, third round? Fourth round? Fourth round. Fourth round. And... Um, you know, everybody passed on him, so a lot of people were wrong. Not you, Casey. He took over as a starter week one, and until he got hurt late, he was one of the best right tackles in the league. Right. Animal. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the evaluation process gets um, – it, it gets too complicated for people. They make it too complicated for whatever reason, and they just don't watch what's on the field. I think that's the biggest thing is – if you just watched DeWan Jones that last year at Ohio State, you would have known that he was just a dominant force every single time he stepped up on the field. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also like Sam Laporta. I wanted the Bengals to get Sam Laporta. They didn't. They didn't get him. They. Uh, I don't even. They didn't even draft a tight end. You know, no. just. I don't know. Uh, we have plenty of time to talk about the uh, evaluation process that the Bengals have, but I do think that was a pretty good analysis on your part, Tom. You asked him, what's the Bengals' problem? Is it the evaluation process or the development process? Because the track records for for these offensive linemen coach, um, Frank Pollock, has been phenomenal. But the talent has been lacking, apparently. That's what I would say. Because we went out and got guys that were slower, more powerful guys. And today's game is all about speed. It's all about getting to that next level. And the, the, the offensive linemen for the Bengals, they struggle against speed. So 
I don't know. Um, that's what I would have uh, also liked to point out was I thought that was a good analysis on your part. Well, I think I, it's I a, mean, I, I'm just curious because, you know, the, the first thing in every instance, in every sport, and look, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. So, I mean, it's not like I'm sitting here telling everybody else what their problem is. But the first thing we do is we're quick to jump on the coach, right? I mean, everybody sure. around here for the better part of a year plus um, has killed Frank Pollock. And you just heard him say his guys love him, the guys that play for him, whether they be starters or backup guys, okay? He has a really good track record going back to Dallas and all the years that he was there, his second go-round now with the Bengals. Uh, Alexander was here for a long, long time. You know, the guy they had forever. Uh, why am I drawing a total blank on his name? I can see him standing right in front of me, who was with uh, Munoz and all those guys, one of the best offensive line coaches of all time. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, somebody in the chat will remember. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's not like Jackson Carmen all of a sudden, the tools that made him a three-year starter at left tackle for Clemson and protecting the blind side for Trevor Lawrence. It's not all of a sudden like this guy's skill set, big, athletic, mm -hmm. right? All these things just disappeared. And this is where I agree with Casey 100% when it comes to analyzing all of these players. I mean, just go back to C.J. Stroud. The company that did the test came out and said, whoever leaked that story about him doing poorly on the test, it was total BS. Total BS. The company that gives the test. And yet everybody ran with the story. And so he slips to the number two pick in the draft, despite the fact that if you watch somebody on tape, I mean, come on. Who in their right mind would pick Bryce Young ahead of C.J. Stroud? Bryce Young was great in college. He's 5'10". He weighs 180 pounds. C.J. Stroud is mm, monster, slinging it all over the place. And so then you, you start getting into guys, you know, Dewan Jones. I mean, if you watch the tape, but okay, there must have been something they didn't like about him. Jackson Carmen, are you really learning about what's maybe between the ears? And I'm not suggesting that his problem is between the ears. But clearly, he's been blessed with a lot of talent. And Dante Smith, what's happened to these guys? Is that Frank Pollock's fault? I mean, Jonah Williams wasn't too bad making a move this year. He did a pretty solid job. Not great, but did a pretty solid job moving from left to right tackle. We had Willie Anderson on the show. And he talked about how hard that was going to be. All in all, Williams did not do a bad job. Was he a Pro Bowl player? No, he was not. Kappa and Karras have been better players here than they were before they got here. And at the end of the day, Orlando Brown Jr. had a hell of a year last year. At the end of the day, he had a hell of a year. Was he everything you, we, maybe we expected him to be? Right. Eh, you know, hard to say. Uh, his grades turned out pretty good when all was said and done. Right? Pro football focus stuff. I mean, the, it wasn't his best year, but they, they want, it wasn't his worst year That's either. right. So, so I'm, I'm just saying, it's not like all of a sudden he, he, he like went to the tank, right? Right. And, and of course, he left a team where, where, I mean, you know, they were running the ball a lot more than they were here, and they had a quarterback there you know, that stayed healthy. Here he didn't. So there were a lot of other factors at play here. But 
you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be the drafting. Well, like, so the reason that people are on Frank Pollock, and, and I talked about this before, is the offensive line, before I say this, the offensive line this year was fine. Right, it wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was fine. It would have done. It there was, was average, and then sometimes below average. At right. Times. It was. It was fine. But when when there's revolving doors, as all of these linemen are, right? You're bringing in high draft talent. You're bringing in, you know, uh, top free agents, and they're consistently underperforming. You got to look at the common denominator. And it's and it's and it's not all these people coming from different areas. The common denominator is the coach. That's why people are on Frank Pollock. Frank Pollock had a great track record before he got here. Yep. Right. That's why they brought him in. Is because he was what in Dallas before this. And Dallas obviously has had a fantastic offensive line for a decade now. So they go, all right, we, we bring this guy in. He, he's highly touted. Let's start giving him talent to work with. Well, none of the linemen are hitting. All right, let's start getting some free agent talent. Well, they they come here, and, and granted, they're a little older when they come here. Um, but they're not performing at the same rate that they played at before they got here. So the common denominator was Frank Pollock. That, that's, just, that's just what Bengals fans see. That's why they're so hard on Frank Pollock. Whether it's true or not, whether it's Frank Pollock's fault or not, the common denominator is Frank Pollock. I'll say this about offensive line. Well, it's and, also the common denominator who's drafting the guys. Right. They've had the same people around, Duke Correct. Tobin and all his people Correct. forever. And, and the guys that are evaluating the, the free agents, right? Right. right. So the, those are the two, the guys that are bringing in and the guys that are coaching them. So uh, it would be so refreshing, and this is such a tall ask, so refreshing to see this current iteration of coaching staff and, and Duke Tobin and all the personnel people to finally get an offensive lineman right yeah. in the draft. It would be so refreshing. And that's to say, like probably the weakest part of the offensive line was Cordell Volson. We got him, what, like in the fifth round? Yeah. He's been a starter as a fifth round left guard. That's honestly, that's good value for a fifth round draft pick, right? So I would say, like to say that they didn't hit on Cordell Volson would be wrong because they didn't expect, have high expectations because he's a fifth round. But, man, it would just be so refreshing. And it would do this team wonders if they can just hit on one lineman. Just one. Yeah, get the monkey off their back if nothing else. Right. Yeah. It would just be so the, – the most important possession on the football field, as everyone knows, is the quarterback. Yeah. The second most important position are the tackles. Just get one. Just hit it one time. Man, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, and again, I, I this kind of goes back to Zach Taylor a little bit too. Do you blame the coach for, for players not playing well? I think Frank Pollock isn't the worst coach in the world. I, I, I mean, maybe uh, maybe the, the offensive line isn't what we want it to be, but as Casey and Reed have said, it's a, it's a middle-of-the-road offensive line. Is it Frank Pollock's job to get out there on the line, put on a helmet, and, and make sure our, our the right side of the line doesn't get busted open every single play? No, it's not him. Um it's his job to coach, sure, but at the end of the day, the players have to play good, and this is and this is some of the reason why blaming coaches all the time is silly. And I do blame the coaches all the time, so <laughs> a little bit of a hypocrite. And here's, oh, go ahead. here's one of the things too that when we when we talk about getting guys in free agency, how often there actually truly is a top talent offensive lineman that is available in free agency. Most of the time, the teams that have great offensive linemen. They keep them around because it's really hard to find. The guys that you get in free agency, they're probably already 
borderline average. They might play above average sometimes. They might fall below below average sometimes. That's what the Bengals have basically banked on this whole time, and that's what they've got is just an entirely average offensive line because there's only going to be average offensive line available in free agency. The they old, don't. They don't let the the best tackles walk away. Well, one team. Well, you don't think Orlando Brown Jr. was in that group? I think he he played at a above average level, but I think he's I think he's average. To be honest with you, Tom, I think he's okay. an average. Tackle he used to be. A, he used to be a, a top top tackle, but he is over the hill, and he still can still is competitive. But in fact, there's only one team. Casey brings up a good point. Like because it's such a valued position. You're not going to get that top top talent in the free agency because teams hold on to it, just like teams hold on to quarterbacks because they're so bad. It's the same reason teams hold on to cornerbacks and and, and edge rushers. It's very yeah. rarely that's why do you get those guys. Hit. That's Thank why you got to hit them in the draft. In fact, there's only one team that gives up elite offensive line talent in the last decade, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Kevin Zeitler, yep. <laughs> Andrew Whitworth, yep. Honestly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's only been a few instances where I can remember teams giving up great offensive linemen and they they tanked like i can remember the 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 commanders um they got rid of their guard and the chiefs picked him up right away chiefs went on to win a super bowl or go to the super bowl that following year i don't quite remember which one it was but um chiefs they hit on offensive linemen in the draft very on a, on a high rate and they're able to find guys. I think this year they, they really swung a miss on their tackle situation. They they got two tackles yep. there that gave up the most pressures combined in the entire NFL. Yet they still find ways to win. So what I'm I'm here, you know, complaining. But they, they hit on Creed Humphreys and that's a huge pickup for them too. Like the Bengals just need to hit on one offensive lineman and it can solve a lot of different problems. That's, because if it's if it's a right tackle as well, like if you think of the dominant right or left tackles in this league, you, you're looking at like Panay Sewell, Trent Brown, um, you know, guys um, like Bakhtiari, um, the, the, the tackles for Dallas. When you have a great tackle that you can just run behind, if you've got that side figured out, it's so easy to just pick up easy yards, um, gives you a buffer uh, in our division too. Like we need great offensive linemen. You're going up against miles Garrett and TJ Watt twice every year. So that, and out of the four games, you're almost guaranteeing yourself that you're going to get pressure in your face. Most of the game. So it's just Bengals need to hit on something and in that, the offensive line. I think that's part of the, the, the biggest concern too. When you have an average offensive line, which is what we had last year up against three of three top 10, Arguably top five defenses in the NFL. Right. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna need to be better. We played eight games against uh, the top six defenses in the NFL last year. Eight games. And you got boat raced against every single one of them until the game where the other team didn't start their third string. Well, I was gonna say, well, the eight games include um, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, which they didn't lose. But the, the 49ers were in there. They didn't get boat raced against the 49ers. No, I met their division. I apologize. Correct. I met their division. Yeah. They they yeah. got boat raced. Correct. Frequently, embarrassingly. Yeah, they went two and five again in or, or three and, and three and five, three and five in those eight games yeah. that I mentioned. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were lucky in that the Buffalo game and the 49er game, they had a healthy quarterback. Correct. Starting which, quarterback, which, which goes back to what we say: is if, if that guy's healthy, this team, this team's pretty good. This team's pretty good. Okay. 
All right, we will take a uh, commercial timeout. Okay. We have lots to get to today. I mean, we got a lot going on here in this back hour in 10 minutes, so stick around. We're going to break down the games this weekend. Uh, we're going to make our picks for the games this weekend. We're going to highlight players we think will be difference makers or breakers for their respective teams this weekend. You have a chat rankings for us today, do you not? I do. You have a letter today. I do. Do you not? I do. And you have a top five, do you We have a not? top five, yeah. We skip by it. All right, then we got to get to it. Right. Casey, take it away. When we come back, we are rolling. Roll it. Rolling. R-O-L-I-N. <laughs> the Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing and desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency. And... Rolling. You're going rolling by Tina Turner. I was going to go rolling by a Lip Biscuit. I know you're a big Lip Biscuit fan. I am not a Lip Biscuit fan. Uh, what did you say? Something about productivity? Productivity. Productivity. productivity visit encore.tech the path to innovation begins here and let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here this company called Pawnee water made right here in hamilton ohio uses natural limestone filtration unlike the artificial artificial processing that other brands use the result is a healthy alkaline water and some say the best tasting water in the world visit Pawnee water at p-a-h-h-n-i water.com you see where you can buy this great tasting water Drink lots of coffee from UDF, swish it down with some Pawnee water, and get your technology solutions from Encore. Also, we have box lunch later today. Mm -hmm. I'll be hosting. Uh, probably just going to go straight into the game again because no one wants to hear me talk about stuff we've already talked about over Why and over and over, and over again. Why do you say it? And, uh, yeah, so lots of fun with uh, Quiplash. And then uh, if you want to join in on that fun, you need to become a member. You can join our memberships. We got two different memberships. There's a $10 membership uh, that gets you basically all of our content. And then the $25 memberships, it gets you some uh, extra stuff like discounts on our store and uh, some other extra things in there I'm just uh, blanking on. So check that out. Um, also, give us a like if you like the show. Uh, that really helps us out. Comment on all of our stuff if you uh, yes. feel so inclined to do so. That helps boost us up in the algorithm quite a bit. Um, am I forgetting anything else, Reed? Uh, no, that's it. Um, this weekend, we will have Chatterbox Bearcats tomorrow. I believe. Big game. Big game, Chatterbox Bearcats tomorrow. Um, on our Twitter account and on WatchCBox.com, there will be a high school um, basketball game tonight if that tickles your fancy. Um, so you can watch that and local local high school stuff, getting back to our roots sometimes. But, yeah, that's it. Um, as Casey says, like, comment, subscribe. And, and if you're going to watch our videos, there's another thing. So not only hit that like button, not only subscribe, but sit there and watch the video for a little while. Right? <laughs> sit, yeah. there, sit there and watch it. Because watch – the length in which you watch it also helps. Listen, we're, we're trying to fool this Google. We're trying to fool Google. You know how hard it is to try and fool Google? That's what we're trying to do. So watch the video a little bit longer. What are the chances Xavier covers against UConn? 100%. Will they win? 0%. That spread hasn't been announced yet, I presume? Uh, it's, it probably is already out. It's, it's probably out. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, probably going to be 8. If I had to guess, 8. 8. Uh, if you see and Xavier both cover, which I will be parlaying that. We um, lead the league in moral victories. We lead the country. The C Cincinnati area? The C City yeah. of Cincinnati. Yeah, the well, city. They do. I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to get mad about moral victories. Is this season a moral victory? 
Like the entire the season is not a moral victory. Well, UC's UC season's a moral victory because it feels like it feels like the Reds had a moral victory, placing third in the Central. Uh, it feels the like the Bengals went nine and eight. That was <laughs> a, moral a moral victory. victory. Right now, Bearcats and Xavier, I, FC moral victory. I don't know. Just Led a lot league. of a lot of stuff here that sounds like a lot of moral victories are going on around There's, here. It, it's the the moral victory stuff between Xavier and UC is so funny because. UC said it against Xavier first Correct. when we covered against Purdue, when we covered against Houston, had a, had a lead late against Houston at home. And then you guys get into the Big 12 and we, we, we sling it back your way. And now we're just, now we're just sharing moral victories. We're just in a moral victory off. Right. And, and who will win? Nobody. Moral, Literally nobody. Moral is, morale is so high. Morale is ne- has never been better. Unless you're Simon Lacocious. <laughs> wow. That's, not his, that's just not his name. Walk, walking down the street. <laughs> oh, come on. There's not a whole lot come of morale on. there. Come on. I think he's been better since that incident, actually. It's like it's, it's like when uh, you get hit in the head and you start remembering stuff that you didn't know you remember. Yeah. yeah. I think Tua experienced some of that. <laughs> Boy, you're cold. <laughs> you're cold. All right, let's get right to it. Where do we, which game? Where do, we, where do we want to start, boys? Casey, you pick. You want to start Niners and um, Lions, or you want to start Ravens v. Chiefs? Let's go in order. Yeah, I mean, I think the Lions game is first, right? In the, in no, the, no, 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 no. The other game's first. Really? They the AFC it. Championship is first. They yeah, because it. of the West Coast game in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be tough. The, the more important game is the AFC game, in my opinion. I think that's more uh, appealing than the other game. But we can, we can start with what's in order first. We okay. Can start you, with- know, I, you know, one thought on that, that, that I mean, it, doesn't it amaze you when you stop and think about it? And I have argued against this for so long when it comes to baseball. You know, there used to be a time where, and look, I'm not the, the old man on his front porch, get off my lawn here, Okay. I'm just trying to draw, and and I'm not comparing baseball to football because you cannot make the comparison. I mean, it it is night and day. It's black and white, okay? There's just no comparison between the two in terms of popularity inside these 50 states, the United States of America. No contest. That game last week had over 50 million people watching that game. At one point, 56, I think, was the max at one time. That Chiefs-Buffalo game. But, you know, the World Series, they used to play a lot of day games in the World Series. And that doesn't mean you have to play at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But here you are with the championship games, two of them, NFC, AFC. You have them on a Sunday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and 6 o'clock at night. They're not going 5.30 and then prime time, mm-hmm. Right. They're going at three and six. And so what happens? It means everybody, even if you are, I saw where the oldest man in the United States died yesterday, God rest his soul, at 113 years old. That means that even he could stay up and watch the second game. Maybe a little nap, commercials, right? <laughs> You're allowed at that age. But you can stay up and watch it all the way down to where are you making the biggest impression? The five, the six, the eight, the nine, the 10-year-old kids. Yet baseball continues to play their biggest games at 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night where little Johnny or little Debbie, they can't stay up past the sixth inning. Now, it helped this year the pace of play picked up so you weren't watching those three-hour and 55-minute snooze fests. But... It just, it boggles my mind. 
the they, they tell you, well, we got to think about the West Coast viewers. Really? Okay. Th- that's my. I hate are, are they? Are, are you know? In Hawaii, they're up watching these games at nine o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I, California, they're watching them. The, the, the Niners are on at two o'clock in the afternoon, up and down the West Coast, or three o'clock in the afternoon when they play their game. We should never in America ever, ever, ever cater to the West Coast sports fans ever under no circumstance. I agree. Ever, there are none. There are zero. There's sport- a lot of. Fans there are zero there. West Coast sports fans. I've never seen a one. Tom, you know who's worse than the MLB? It's the NCAA. We have a college basketball national championship that tips off at nine thirty on Monday night. Yeah. This uh, in April. We have the, the college football national championship right, Monday like night. 8.30. 8.30 is when it's scheduled. It, it won't kick off till 9.10. That's right. So that I, I think that's, that's even more preposterous. But you're right. I, the NFL gets it right, as always. It's just mind-boggling. Everything they touch turns to gold. Even, even with all the detractors and me being at the top of the list, gouging their fans is the way I felt about it by putting the playoff game on Peacock. They still had 23, 24 million people. Yeah. Behind a paywall. You don't think they're paying attention to that on Park Avenue at the NFL offices, do you? That they had a paywall up for a playoff game and they still got $23 million? Tom, what do you think about the, like, the divisional games in baseball being played during, like, they normally play, like, two. Well, they have to because you have four yeah. of them in a day sometimes. So you have to do you that. Don't, you, you're not a fan of overlapping them? You want, you want every game to be a standalone game? Yeah, and that's what they do. I mean, there'll okay. be some overlap depending on the length of the game, but they go right. 1, 4, 7, 10 if there's a West Coast game, that kind of thing. Because I know Trace always argues, and it, and it has a decent gripe, that uh, they shouldn't worry about having these standalone games because it, it – it, Quite honestly, then this is just the state of baseball. Like, there's not a whole lot of baseball fans here in Cincinnati that are going to tune into the Minnesota Twins. No. Versus whoever they're playing. Houston Astros. Right in the in the AL or ALDS at 3 p.m. Right. So why does it need to be a standalone? Go ahead and just put it at six o'clock and let the fans of those actual teams get off work. Let the ones in the cities get to the game. All that stuff. Like, why are we worried about these standalone games in the ALDS and the NLDS? And I, right. I agree with that. Like, why do we need standalone games? I, I understand that. Totally understand it 100%. Yeah. I like the standalone game. If, like, if NFL, like, when they do those. I like it in the NFL. NFL is different. Because you watch it, the NFL games. I'm not watching the Astros that's versus fair. the Twins. That's fair. That's fair. But, like, on a, like a Monday night NFL game right before the season, when they start doing the Monday night doubleheaders in, in the NFL, I hate it because I want to watch both. Right. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying for MLB. The, Specifically for the MLB postseason, because it is kind of like, can you imagine if the Reds got in the NLDS and, you know, they're playing game five? They did this back in 2012. They're playing game five at 1P or 2P, whatever time that they played that Giants game. That's not right. That game should be played at 7 7 p.m. so that everyone in Cincinnati that wants to go to the game can go to the game. So that everyone in Cincinnati is off work and can get together with their friends and go to the bar, go to whoever's house. You can't do that when it's 1P on a Thursday. That's right. That's, that's not right. fair. So, life isn't fair, Reed. That's true. That's right. That's, that's true. Life is not fair. Um, okay, let's start with the Ravens v. Chiefs. Now, each of us took uh, a homework assignment mm-hmm. where we were going to give a little extra detail about maybe some of the strengths or the weaknesses and then pick three players from a given team that we felt would be you know, very important players in the game. 
So, who had the Chiefs? They are the underdog. Did Casey, did you have the Chiefs? You're no. not the I didn't have the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Who had the Chiefs? You guys know who had the Chiefs. I, I got first selection and Chiefs I wanted lover. the Chiefs. And I just I love the Chiefs. I love the Steelers. I love them all. Love all love all the rivals here in this town. Here's the thing about the Chiefs, and I, I've been talking about it so long, is that this is Probably the second-best defense still around. They are probably the second-best defense still around last week, and there's eight teams. This was a top-five defense all season long. And, and here's a stat that, that you can hold um, that Kansas City has held their head up high about. When the Kansas City Chiefs scored 21 points this year in a game, they are undefeated. When the Kansas City Chiefs scored 21 points, they are undefeated this season. Every game that they have lost, all six of them, they didn't get over that 21-point threshold. So that's key. And Casey brought up about the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line has been struggling. This is why, that really, everyone's talking about the receivers. They lead the league in drops and everything like that. But this team still has a top 10 offense in terms of yards gained. I think it's like top 7 in the league in terms of yards gained. The problem is, and we saw this when they played the Cincinnati Bengals, they can't get in the end zone. And the reason they can't get in the end zone is because this is where a good offensive line really shines. This is why the Bengals in the postseason in years past have had struggled in the red zone too. So this Kansas City Chiefs team, they're going to move the ball downfield. They're going to hold the ball for a long period of time. They don't have a whole lot of three and outs, but can they push the ball in the end zone? The Baltimore Ravens are one of the best teams about, A, keeping you from getting in the red zone, and when you get in the red zone, they don't give up a whole lot of points. It's the number one defense in the league, so that's the big key. So when I look at who are the top three um, most important players for the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. First and foremost, it's the guy that's the best quarterback in the league. We all know this. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Can he escape the pocket? Can he do the things that makes Patrick Mahomes, some say, is one of the five, already one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time, certainly has cemented himself as one of the top ten because, as we mentioned, this is his sixth conference championship game in six seasons. There's only four quarterbacks that have done that in their entire career. So he's already up there with the greats. Can he escape the pocket? Can he create plays with his limited wide receiving crew? Now, Rasheed Rice has turned into a, a very formidable wide receiver. He's he's arguably a number one on a lot of teams. And he's turned Travis Kelsey shined last game. After kind of everyone's talking about Travis Kelsey's coming off a cliff, he, you know what? When when the when the lights are shining, he has showed out. So can Patrick Mahomes escape the pocket? Can he get these guys the ball in open space? The, the, the number two guy that I really want to look at is uh, Korloftis. He's had a very good uh, – he's had a really good postseason. Yep. He's been getting to the quarterback at a very high rate. I know Chris Jones is the, is the big fear interior defensive lineman, but Korloftis has been getting to the quarterback. Can he get the pressure to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket? That's what makes the Ravens' offense so deadly is because Lamar creates so much space. It's so hard to keep him in that pocket. Now, when he is in that pocket, he's turned himself into a great passer. But if they can create pressure to Lamar and keep him in the center of the field, then they very much can limit this Baltimore Ravens uh, offense. I think I, I really do like the Chiefs' matchup against this Ravens, uh, Ravens offense and, and their ability to keep Lamar inside that pocket. And then the third guy in Everett Henry is going to love me. As you all know, all Everett Henry wants to do is talk about the kickers. Well, yeah, as, as you know, you cannot have a, <laughs> he does. a postseason run without a fantastic kicker. That's correct. That's And Harrison Butker doesn't get enough credit for Patrick Mahomes' legacy. Harrison Butker 
I mean, they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals. That's what this Chiefs team does. So Harrison Bucker, this is his legacy game. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm going to also bring that up in my in my note about the Ravens. They are so playing. you have the Ravens. Now we shift gears. I have the Ravens. Look, the, the Ravens are arguably, and I would say not even arguably anymore, the best team in the NFL at this point. They have won six of their last seven. Their only Dominic. loss being a game where their team didn't play anybody. So they didn't have any of their starters playing against the Steelers. That was a throwaway game. You might as well not count it. Three of their four losses on the year happened before the second week of November. In those six wins recently, they've scored 30-plus points four times. Lamar has only had two turnovers in that stretch while throwing for 16 touchdowns. Uh, the running back thing is nonsensical. Isaiah Likely and, Mark's, and Mark Andrews' absence has scored six touchdowns and averaged 50 yards a game. Since Gus, since Gus Edwards took over lead back duties, he scored 13 touchdowns. They are number one. They are the number one rushing team in the NFL. Since November 26, Zay Flowers has four receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. The Ravens' defense, on the other hand, they rank third in interceptions. They rank first in sacks. They also have allowed the fewest points per game in the NFL, only 16.5 points per game they are averaging. Um, the offense is a top six in time of possession. They are top eight on third down conversions. They are top four in points. They are averaging 28.5 points per game for the season, uh, for the year. The Ravens are 17-12 and 12 in the postseason all time. Their la the last time they played the Chiefs in the postseason was in 2010. They won that game 30-7 to 7 in Kansas City. This, the, the best stat, Justin Tucker is 51 of 52 on extra points this year, but if there is a knock on JT this year, he's only two of six from 50 yards out. Really? Two of six from 50 yards out this season. If that comes into play uh, on Sunday, I don't know. I might favor the Butker. Harrison Butker. The okay. Butker. All right. Uh, if you remember, when I bring up Everett, for those of you that weren't around, I had made the point a couple of weeks ago. Vodge, about how this Ballyhooed Bengals offense in the playoffs, outside of one game over the last two years, basically laid eggs. Okay? And I said how McPherson had outscored the offense in yep. the postseason. Okay? All right. Okay. Now, Everett has taken that on in a life of its own. Okay? And I think he's doing it just to get pub on this show. Okay? I mean, he literally... <laughs> will beat you over the head in every single chat comment that he makes. But I just want to back something up. We're talking about Justin Tucker, because he'd asked me about this the other day, Ever did. Scoring points when, when, when Baltimore plays in playoff games going back to, let's say, you know, in the last 10 years. How about 24 points? He kicked one field goal. 38 points. He kicked one field goal. 28 points. He didn't kick a single field goal. 34 points in a Super Bowl win. He kicked two field goals. A couple years later, 30 points the offense puts up. They lose scoring 31 points in a playoff game against New England. He kicked one field goal. One. All these games are 30-plus now. Now, let's get to the games that were more like the Bengals. They scored 17 in a playoff game to the Chargers. Lost. They scored 12 in a playoff game to Tennessee. Lost. They scored 20 in beating Tennessee. They scored three against Buffalo. 
Last year against the Bengals, they score 17 points. Okay? So this is backing up. And then the first week of the playoffs, this year they played. He kicks two field goals, but they put up a very cool 34 on the board. Okay? There ain't these 30s and 30s and 30s and 30s and 30s and 30s with the Bengals. That's a good point. I mean, come on. Can we put this to bed, Casey? All right. We still have picks still to go. Now let's shift gears to the NFC. Yep. Where, Casey, you have been on the train <laughs> for the Detroit, the fighting Chris Fieldmans. That's right. I've Those are been, my guys, but you've got their team. Since the inception of this show, since the very first week of the show, I've been very high on the Lions, and look where they're at now. They're in the NFC Championship game, Tom. Yep. And, boy, have they built a roster over the last year or so. Um, I'm going to give a uh, – what what is it? Um, uh, not, not, not a special recommendation. What What is it The where you have a top three and they're just outside of your top – Honorable mention? Honorable mention. That's what I'm looking for. Special Honor- consideration, too. Special consideration to two of their best players, um, Panay Sewell and then Aiden Hutchinson. I thought those would be cheats to use as the players to watch out for, but those two, phenomenal. Aiden Hutchinson this last month has had like 10 sacks. He's had just unbelievable pressure. He's been the best edge rusher in football in the last month. And then Panay Sewell, he's going up against... Nick Bosa, yep. and I'm sure you're going to talk about Nick Bosa and, and what that entails, but Panay Sewell, one of the best tackles in all of football. That's going to be a great matchup. Here are my top three players to be looking out for, and I'm going to cheat with the very first pick. The, th- the, the position group, the linebackers, are very, very important for this game. The 49ers, they boast one of the hardest tackling team, or one of the hardest teams to tackle in the NFL. They're first in yards after contact. The Detroit Lions are first in yards allowed after contact. The linebackers have to tackle Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, all those guys. They're going to have to be on their game in order to stop the 49ers and what they want to do. The second person position group is the running backs. I think David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, those two, they have to be on their A game. That is how they run their offense. They have to establish a run game in order to do what they want on the rest of the way on offense, be able to run play actions to get Jared Goff more comfortable. And luckily for them, the 49ers are 25th in the league in stopping the run. So they're going to be able to have their way a little bit running the ball against them. Those two are my number two. And then, of course, number one, you might think it's quarterback. Mm. Not quarterback. I'm going receiver with Amon Ra St. Brown. If Amon Ra can take over this game, I do not think that there is a way the 49ers can stop them on defense. I really don't. Because if they can if they can do what they have always done all season long, establish a run game, start hitting people over the top, it's going to be very hard to stop them. Because Fred Warner can only do so much. He can either stop the run or he can stop you from throwing it over the middle, which is where Amon Ra thrives in. The stuff that happens over the middle. So, those are my key players for this game. To me, many people have already counted the Lions out. I've said that they're the mini 49ers. But the way they've played over the last couple weeks against some of these teams. I mean, they've had their way with these teams um, early on in games. Struggled in the back half. But they've been very hot on defense. 
And I think that if their defense continues to play hot, if their defense continues to get pressure when they need to, if they can stop, if they can stop the run, I think they'll be in a really good spot to win this game. Okay. All right. Casey, how important is it for the Lions to to, to take a lead in this game? How important? Because oh, very the, important. Because the 49ers have, I believe, won one comeback game this entire year, and that was last week That's against right. the Packers. Yeah. They, they are not a good come-from-behind team. Right. I think if, if we're talking game script, if the Lions do get out in front of them and continue to keep a lead out in front of them throughout the game, if it comes down to the fourth quarter and the Lions have more than a three-point lead, it's going to be really tough for me to not want to put more money on the Lions going in at the end of that game. They're one in thirty when when they're one. The 49ers are one in thirty when they're down by I think seven points in the fourth quarter. So just remember that stat if that does come down to that. Now of course they had that first win against the Packers. Um, so maybe they're breaking that trend, but I don't expect them to continue doing that uh, at that rate. Um, yeah, I mean, I think also, too, the other stat to mention is that Jared Goff does not play very well away, and this is also outdoors. Yep. This is not indoors. I looked at the weather, and the weather seems to be fine in Santa Clara. It's going to be very nice. It's going to be going to be nice. So I don't think that matters too much in this game, but it is something to look at maybe um, if you want to consider those those factors. Well, this is where I think weather is going to be a major factor in this game. Okay. Because I think everyone would agree that the Lions would like to, quote, unquote, muddy up this game. Right? They'd like to be able to effectively run it, as you just talked about, keep possessions at a minimum for the 49ers, and take their chances in a slugfest. Purdy and the Niners' offense did not look good in the rain last week. He was not good for basically three-plus quarters. But, as we like to say here in Nutcutter Nation, at nut-cutting time, he delivered the goods. And it was the first time the Niners, as we just mentioned, have done it all year long, right? So, they're talking clear skies, dry weather conditions, okay? So, the big question is Debo Samuel playing. Now, he was limited in practice yesterday. He's their best receiving threat. McCaffrey's their best all-around offensive player, and he's fine. Samuel had to leave the game. The shoulder injury was so bad in the opening quarter last week, and he did not come back. I think it's safe to say, even if he was limited at practice, I think it's safe to say that he's going to give it a run to try to get out there. But one shot on the shoulder, and who knows? That, that, might, that might shut her down, right? Falls funny out of bounds near the sideline after a catch. I don't look to him, and maybe he'll have a 300-yard receiving game. I don't look at him as being a big factor. Here's what I do know. The Lions have the worst pair of starting cornerbacks statistically in the league this year. Worst in the NFL. You got Cameron Sutton and Kendall Builder. Builder is giving up a league worst 21.2 yards perception this year. And Sutton has been giving up more yards when targeted than any quarter in the league. So, good weather, you're at home, here we go, 49ers, right? I mean, they're, they're going to sling it around. 
And I would make the argument after Purdy, he's the most important player on the team for the 49ers. When he's good, they're great. Hmm. Basically, that's a nutshell. Yeah, right. When he plays bad, they're bad. Right. Now, you could say that about every quarterback, but not every time is that necessarily true. It is really true with the 49ers. When Purdy's good or decent, better than average, they win. When he's not and throws four picks like he did against Baltimore, they're done. So he's number one. Number two is Brandon Ayuk. If you don't have Samuel, there's going to be a lot of one-on-one stuff here and a lot of matchup problems for Detroit. Ayuk has a chance to have – he's had a good career. He has a chance to have one of those playoff games that you'll be talking about in San Francisco like some of their other great guys. He's going to be in spots against those terrible corners to go out and make plays. And then the last thing is collectively, it's going to be the 49ers pass rush. Jared Goff is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. I think he's 21st out of 32 quarterbacks. He is not good when the heat is on. The Lions do a great job of protecting him. The Lions have a very good offensive line, as Casey just mentioned. But if Chase Young and Bosa and Armstead and these guys are able to continuously put pressure on Goff, Goff will throw it away and cough it up. He will do it. He will do it. And so, you know, I mean, look, I'm rooting for the Lions to win the game uh, big time. But I, I just look at too many of these matchups. And while the Lions have played good defense here lately, um, and, 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 you know, Baker Mayfield had a good year. He had a really good year. But he ain't Brock Purdy. And he doesn't have the weapons that this 49ers team has. And I just, it, it's hard for me to envision the Lions stealing one. I hope and pray that they do. All right, do we want to get into picks now? There's one stat that I wanted to throw your way about Debo Samuel. When Debo Samuel does not play, and this is for a yep. San Francisco 49ers team that has won 13, 10, 13, 12 games over the last yep. five years, when Debo Samuel does not play, they're 8 and 9. Yep. And they average, it's interesting that they're 8 they and 9 like because they only average less than, they only average three points less per game mm. without him. It is interesting. So that's very interesting. But, that, I mean, that, you know, but, 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 but you guys know because, you know, three points is a big deal. Well, I was going to say, that means Debo's worth a field goal, and typically on a team, like, the only guys that are worth a field goal are the quarterbacks. Yep. Like, in terms of betting, like, if if as great as Jamar Chase is, when Jamar Chase isn't on the field, the line doesn't move three points. Yeah. But it can. Like, if, if Debo's playing, it, it's not crazy to think that the 49ers would be favored by nine points or something like this in this game. But Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, the guy's a gamer, and, and, and all of his teammates were commenting yesterday, him being at practice, said he had a lot of bounce in his step, but, of course, uh, he doesn't run on his shoulder. Everett wants to know how important Jake Moody is to the game. Jake Moody, Michigan man. I've got some stats Not for Not a good combination. I've got, I've got some stats for you. He's been 21 for 25 on, on field goal attempts this year, three for four from beyond 50, 60 to 61 on extra points. Jake Moody's been very good. He's a Michigan man, much I, like your guy Brad Robbins. That's right. Brad outside Robbins. of his one shank against the Browns, which cost me a lot of money, did early on in the year. We didn't. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about that earlier. But uh, when Jay was talking about Brad Robbins and he was talking about how much the the Bengals love how well he punts it in practice, 
And I just wanted to be like, I don't care how he punts in practice. He could punt it 350 yards in practice. I don't care about that. <laughs> can, can you punt it 45, 50 yards in a freaking game? I don't care if you're putting it from the practice field into Tennessee. How do you think Zach Taylor feels when they trot him out there? <laughs> I don't know how you feel confident. You just drafted a guy. Well, do you remember that draft video when they did draft him? Yeah. They uh, they called him and they they yeah. they recorded it was him. Good stuff. They recorded him calling him and and, and Brad Robbins thought he was getting punked. Right. Was one of his friends, <laughs> his buddies. Yeah, thought that he's like, oh yeah, I'm sure this is Zach Taylor from the Cincinnati Bengals. And Zach's like, yeah, it is. Should have been a red flag right then and there that maybe we shouldn't <laughs> draft the guy when the own guy doesn't think he's getting drafted. Oh well. Oh well. All right. Uh, do we want to go through uh, our picks? Yeah, let's go through it. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. We just talked a little bit about it. Uh, some of you have had some good uh, good uh, stats and, and so on and so forth inside of the chat. Um, you are going to pick for Trace this week, Kelsey. Lindsay. I mean, well, I was thinking Kelsey, Jason Kelsey just popped up on my <laughs> screen about something. Lindsay, you are going to pick for Trace this week. Okay. All right. So we will start with you, Lindsay. We have three and a half point favorites. The Ravens are at home over the Kansas City Chiefs. Lindsay, what are you thinking? I'm going with the Chiefs. Why? Um, <laughs> I like the Chiefs better personally. I don't really know anything about the Ravens. I just think the Chiefs are gonna take. There we the go. On this uh, you know what? I mean, it, it, that's good enough for most most bets. That's. It, I mean, it really is. That's it's a, good that's, enough. That's the logic I use. Over the past well, 15 years. I mean, years. They, they got, that's right. The quarterback's pretty damn good, and they win a lot of games. I was going to say, over the past 10 years, five years, if you bet on the Chiefs, you're probably <laughs> going to win some money. Before that, if you bet on the Patriots, you probably won some money. Just so all you guys breaking down everything, all we got to do is listen to Lindsay, and we're dialed in. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. All right. It's because she's a Steelers fan, and they hate the Ravens. It's, that's why. That's, she, she, can't, totally. she can't stand the Ravens. Okay. It's the All right. Lindsay. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, huh? The Two. lady of the leaderboard, Lindsay, is called um, by PBs. PBs Ghost. So that's nice. Paul that's Brown's nice. Ghost. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, listen, guys. It, it, I don't know how much of a spoiler it is, but I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, everyone said he's going to be on the road. First playoff game is not going to be any good. Yeah, they beat the B Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. I think is like 10-1. and one. All time against the spread yep. and like nine and nine and two all time straight out. So uh, I like the Kansas City Chiefs not only to cover, I like them to win this game. I think the Ravens will cover and win this game. Saying that, Tom, I am a horrible gambler and I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes any longer. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. I think again, three and a half is too many points. If it was if it was two and a half, if it was a field goal, I'd consider it. Uh, if it was one and a half, I'd consider it. Three and a half, uh-uh. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. I'll take I'll take the power of Taylor Swift. We're going to get to her in a minute. Okay. Casey? Yeah, I think that the because it's three and a half, like, I would have probably picked the Ravens if it was two and a half because I think this can be a field goal type game if Reid is telling me the truth about how great this defense is. Uh, we'll see about that. Yeah, uh, I don't have to tell you the truth. Look so at the numbers. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, and uh, I think this should be a good game. It should be a three point game. Wow, should be a lot of arrows up there, Lindsay. A lot of people are asking in the chat, "Are you a Swifty?" Yeah, was, she was the first concert I ever went to with my dad, and when I was in like fifth grade. Really? Mm -hmm. 
Do you like it when, I mean, because you, you watch some of these games, even in passing, right? Yeah. Do you find yourself watching, because uh, you're a Steelers fan, but do, and I mean, I'm being very serious when I ask this question, because this is a hotly debated topic in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. Even all the way up to Roger Goodell's office. Um, do you find yourself, all things being equal, maybe you really don't care about the game, but you'll watch Kansas City for a little while to see if you see Taylor Swift? Truthfully, no, I've really never watched it to watch Taylor Swift. Okay. I think it's cool to like see her when I look on Twitter and stuff, but I don't watch to watch her. Okay. Okay. All right. Kay. All right. We've established that. I am going with the best team in football, the Baltimore Ravens. Leader of men, John Harbaugh. They've earned that. They got the best team top to bottom. Now, does that mean they're automatically to win? No, of course it does not. Uh, I, I, I think it's probably stupid on my part. In fact, the only reason I changed this pick, truth be told, uh, was because everybody else was going with Kansas City. So I decided, you know, all right, fine. I think Baltimore's a better team. I just don't like that spread. I could see this being a, a field goal at the buzzer to win by one. It's, it's funny how, how much the – it's almost like the, the Kansas City Chiefs talk has just been like a beaten – like people that – Everyone, to, all year long, the Kansas City Chiefs aren't very good. Last week, Kansas City's going on the road. They've never been on the road. All this mm -hmm. stuff. They're underdogs. All this stuff. They're not very good. And then just one game, and it's just like everyone's just eventually. It's like the Tom Brady stuff. Like, after after he won enough, they're just like, God. Yeah. All right, I give in. I give in. Tom, do you think the Taylor Swift stuff is, is tired on the broadcast? No, I think it's I awesome. Agree. I agree 100%. I think, I think it's tired people complaining about it on Twitter. She's the most famous person arguably in the world and she's at the game every game she's dating one of the players of course they're gonna sh shine the camera on her every once in a while yeah i think that's i think it's so tired when people complain about it i agree truly i do. agree a hundred percent so it adds a little something i mean a little something as opposed right. to taking some shot of what some dude in the stand high-fiving with his buddy i mean that's right. fine you know uh but i mean come on it's taylor swift you don't have to like her it's fine. Which, by the way, I mean, did, did anybody see the story yesterday about the apparently these AI created photos of pornographic stuff of Taylor? She is. This is really up, a bad stuff. This 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 AI thing, man. We'll get into it another time. This stuff can ruin people's lives, and, and we're just watching it go by and doing nothing about it. Um, okay. All right. Um, let's go to the other game. We got the Lions on the road in Santa Clara, California. That is a big number, boys and girls. I don't follow much of it as far as historical spreads are concerned, but I can't believe there have been a lot of championship games on the NFC or AFC side that have a seven-point number. Or am I wrong? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fair. Last time that there was a, a touchdown plus underdog, in a game, I believe was 2021 in the AFC Championship game. I don't know my history very well to know what happened there. But uh, you know what? Similar. I'm going to take, I'll start this off. I don't know. I like the Lions here. I think that everyone like has fallen in love with the 49ers. And I understand why. They, they are up and down, top to bottom. They have a fantastic roster. All pros at every, almost every single position. I think people are sleeping on this Lions team, guys. I really do. A lot of people call this, eh, it's a good story that, that the Detroit Lions are in the NFC Championship. I think this team's more good than it is a story. This team, Casey brought this up 
earlier this week, brought it up last week. This Lions team mirrors. It mirrors the 49ers in a lot of ways. Great pass rush, great weapons, great offensive line. Now the secondary is a little concerning. But this team from top to bottom is a solid, solid roster. And I think this team is going to be formidable for years to come. So when I look at these two rosters, I think that they're fairly equal. So I go, all right, which quarterback do I like better, Brock Purdy or Jared Goff? I like Jared Goff more than Brock Purdy. I think that the Lions cover this seven-point spread, and dare I say, I think they're going to have a chance to win it. Well, boy, do I have a fun stat for you. Tom, I just found this stat, and I can't be more excited to share it with the world. I don't know if you remember this, but on Thanksgiving Day, the Lions were taking on the Packers. Yep. Now, there was a, a viral stat that went out that the Lions coming into that game were 0-12 on Thanksgiving when the moon phase was a waxing Ooh, gibbous. Ooh, I like this. It was a what? It was a waxing was gibbous. Was in retrograde? Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what he's talking about. Waxing gibbous. That's what how the moon is. I don't, I don't know what the shapes of the moon. But, so the Lions ended up losing that game. Okay. 0-13 all time they are on Thanksgiving when the moon is a waxing gibbous. Now, on Sunday, I did some investigation into this. It is going to be a waning gibbous. Yeah. A waning gibbous. The they Lions, well. they play well they, the, the Lions, the last time they beat the San Francisco 49ers was in 2015. The moon, you ask? A waning gibbous. So if you believe in the moon at all, it, it will be a waning gibbous on Sunday. That is the last time that they beat the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL period. It's been nine years. Honestly, okay. I mean, that was great detective work. Yeah. I'm a little, just a little, yeah. disappointed in Casey for not bringing up the waxing and waning gibbuses. That's crazy that he didn't. Right. Crazy I mean, he, that he, his didn't. job, Tom gave us a homework assignment. He said, I want you guys to tell me everything there is to know about these teams going into this game. And Casey doesn't even mention the waxing or waning gibbuses. Tom, the Lions are a wagon when it comes to the waning gibbuses. If you're wondering, the moon is waxing to yeah. make sure it's a, it's a little uh, science project. Science. Here, right? Okay. Science. Science! Rules. The moon is waxing when day by day a greater proportion of its visible face is illuminated by sunlight. So the moon waxes during the first two quarters. Okay. 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 The moon is waning... When day by day, a smaller proportion of its vis visible face is illuminated. Okay. So you see less of the moon naturally in waning as opposed to maxing, wax, right? You, waxing, you see a greater So when it's waning, it's like daylight savings time as opposed to the other way. You're seeing more and more, less and less. And the now, moon wanes during the last two quarters. And I'm just telling you the truth. Waning gibbous. They haven't beaten the 49ers in nine years. The last time they did it on a waning gibbous. That will be the moon on Sunday night. Bet your house. Bet your farm. Bet your mortgage. Your kid's tuition. Your savings account. Bet it all. Responsibly. Responsibly, of course. On the Lions money line. And also, they're talking about Gibbous and Jameer Gibbs. I'm loving all that. Take Jameer Gibbs. First touchdown, any touchdown, three touchdowns. Over receiving yards, over catches, over rushing attempts, and over rushing yards. Take it all. All Lions all the time. It's winning Gibbous day on Sunday. My guy, the real spirit cat, won. And he's one of my favorite dudes we have. He's the only guy in the chat that got it, what I just did a second ago. 
I did the Thomas Dolby impression of science. You remember that song? That was Bill she Nye. blinded me with, with science. science. I know that song. Yes, it's a big league song. Mm -hmm. All right, Lindsay. Good luck topping that explanation, Lindsay. That was big time. Good luck. Um, That's the best we've ever heard in the history, the brief history of this program. Thank well you. done. Um, I'm also going to go with the Lions. I didn't know about that stat, but that stat makes my reasoning. Better. Are you an astronomy kind of a gal? I only know about my own sign. I don't know anything else. What is your sign? A Scorpio. Scorpio. Scorpion, Does that mean huh? you're a good gambler? Apparently not, because I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I think the 49ers barely uh, won last week. So I think, and I, I like underdogs, honestly, considering I'm a Steelers fan. They're always the underdogs. So what is the trait of a Scorpion? Scorpio. Scorpio. Oh, it's a... You, in all honesty, I don't even know why I'm I asked. I'm a Ford Taurus. I don't even know why I asked, because everything about you, Lindsay, just screams Scorpio. <laughs> Do you really know things about that? Yeah, I mean, everything I... Listen, I know is that... Is that a compliment, or is that not a compliment? I, it's you. Probably not. It's you. <laughs> you absolutely... Um, are just Scorpio. Like, Jared Goff, he's a Libra. Everyone knows that Jared Goff's a Libra. Everybody. Right. Yeah. I haven't gone to bed in 11 years without thinking that Jared Goff is a, a, a zebra. All right, so, uh, Lindsay, you're taking the Lions. Mm -hmm. Okay, and by the way, great line. Uh, PB says, uh, waning gibbous sounds like Reed's pants today. <laughs> <laughs> PB's ghost hasn't been in the chat for a while. Uh, you got to be moving up with that line. PB's ghost. His favorite thing to do is talk about my pants or whatever whatever <laughs> garments I'm wearing on the lower half of my extremities. Oh, Drew and Everett are both Scorpios. Mm. They are the untouchable force, they claim. Okay. Casey, with all this information, have you changed your mind? No, I'm still going Lions. Uh, spread's a little too high for me. Uh, I've been high on the Lions since the inception of this show, and I'll continue to do so until they lose. Okay. All right. Well, I am uh, – look, I want the Lions to win. I've said that. Chris Spielman is a dear friend. I love him like he's my own brother, but uh, this ain't happening. You, so you're just ignoring the moon? I, I'm ignoring the moon. Damn. Uh, Pink Floyd once sang about the dark side of the moon. It's a great mm. album. Big League album. That's, that's a great album. Um. Especially those uh, in, in, in out. I'll leave that alone. Never mind. Um, uh, 49ers. I mean, at home, good weather. Samuel, no Samuel. They're the better team. Um, they're going to take it to them. I just hope this for my, my friend, Mr. Spielman, I hope this thing doesn't get really ugly because I think it's got a chance to get really ugly. Purdy is going to show up big time. He's looking at a four-touchdown game. I can't this. wait. I can't wait the until last, he throws three picks. The last, I'm telling you, I, don't, I, I swear, I know you guys get mad at me for my Brock Purdy hate. I try to sit down and see what you guys see. I really do. But every time I watch him, I dislike him more as a quarterback. Okay. I just don't think he has it. I just All don't right. think he has it. All right. No problem. No problem. Did you get your moon information, the science stuff from Fauci? Uh, no, no, I did not, unfortunately. Okay. Somebody asked in the chat, and I think it was a fair question. Blackmore wanted to know that. Oh, of course he did. All right, let's get now to uh, we've done our picks. I, uh, you guys all went. I'm the, I'm the lone wolf in the wilderness with the Ravens and the Niners, right? The two favorites. The two favorites. Okay. Even though I don't want the Niners to win. It's not um, too late to change your mind. That moon stat's damning. 
It, it really is. I, I mean, that's a big league stat. I, I'd never heard of waxing and waning moons before. Oh, yes, the gibbous. The gibbous. The that's, gibbous. that's great stuff. You see, you don't get that stuff in local radio. No. Right? No. I mean, come on. They're you talking know. about baseball or something we're nonsensical. Talking, yeah. like they're talking about astrological about, uh, signs. They're talking about, um, you know, uh, hooking the pitcher in the sixth inning. Yeah. After, after uh, you know, after 48 pitches. Got to get him out. All right. Let's go with uh, what we were going to say something. No, I was. I'm ready. I just let's, I, we, do let's do, do your mailbag. Mailbag, okay. and then we'll do my top five, and then we'll round it off okay. with uh, with the chat powering. Lindsay, yeah. do you know the letter song? Not well. I okay, think it's I'm really not that complicated. Okay. Okay. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I, I wonder, wonder who, who it's from. from. Okay, you ready? Oh, you want me to sing it too? Well, we're going to sing it. All of us are <laughs> okay. going to sing it. Okay, if you wouldn't mind. Hit it. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Nicely done, Lindsay. That was fantastic. Yeah. girl. On her game. Scorpio energy there. Scorpio. <laughs> Scorpio. There the we best, go. The best Scorpions. The best part of when you watch that back later, Lindsay, and I'm sure you will. I'm sure you watch back all these segments later. Um, when you do that, we'll be off by a second and a half. Yes. So the viewers at home really didn't like that at all. <laughs> That's we, we, the only thing that bothers me because I do, if I have nothing else in my life, I have got some serious rhythm. Yeah, you, yeah, and you I do. get very, very upset. Can you dance? Tom? Well, oh man, I'm one of the great dancers of all time, <laughs> and I'm afraid to do it, even if I'm not. That's because so, you're a Virgo. So that's right. So what? you know, it bums me out. It bums me out Virgo. when that does happen, because when I go back and watch it, we are off because of you know how long it takes to get yeah. from point A to point B and B to yeah. C and, and D to your living room. Go ahead, Tom. Us at Bookie Nights next week is going to be unbelievable. I'm telling you, Tom, and we're I'm going to be in uh, Bloomington, Indiana next after, weekend. Well, no, you Dad's won't. weekend. Don't we'll worry, go to we'll the French Lake Casino then. Yeah, and, and don't worry, Tom. We'll run that roulette wheel for about three or four hours, uh, just you and me <laughs> together. All right, here we go. We got a letter. Uh, I looked in the letter box, and we got a letter. Um, some call it a mailbox. I call it the letter box because I messed up. Here we go. Today's mailbag comes from Sweet Little Barry um, from Mrs. Bond's class. Now, Barry is the most mm. accomplished second-grade athlete in all of Ohio. The governor has placed him in the Pee Wee Hall of Fame. He has set records in every sport. But the issue is Barry has been taking performance-enhancing drugs at lunch. <laughs> now, he just took St. Mary's to the woodshed on Saturday, hitting 10 home runs in a four-inning stretch. The score was 45-1 to before the league had to step in and mercifully end the game. The principal of his school has placed him on the banned list from ever competing in sports again after he found out this information. Despite all the accolades and getting enough publicity to place the Ohio Valley Second Grade Baseball League on ESPN+, should Little Barry be able to play sports again and be able to get into the Pee Wee Hall of Fame? Tom? Yes, Little Barry's just going to have to undergo drug testing moving forward. <laughs> so, I mean, look, he was trying to get a leg up, stepped out of the box a little bit, right? But moving forward, if he wants to prove to us that he can still play and be as accomplished as he was, then God bless him. A little mercy for little Barry. A little mercy. A little mercy. Do you think the real Barry should be in the Hall of Fame? Here we go. It's too late to take a drug test now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's too late. You know what? You know, at the end of the day, have they ever proven that Barry Bonds did performing? I don't care what people think. 
I'm asking this as a serious question. He's never admitted to it. Never admitted to it. Okay. Nev- he's never failed a drug test. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of evidence from the Balco investigation. Stuff like that. But no, they had to answer your question. No. So put him in the hall. He hasn't been convicted of a crime. In fact, that's what I, that's what rubs me the wrong way about David Ortiz is because he's in fact, he did fail a steroid drug test. Unlike Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, all of them. He did fail a drug test and he's in the hall of fame, but those guys did not. And they're not, I mean, but it, essentially, when you argue that they never, you never proved it. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, we, we all, we all, we all know what was going on there. Tom, okay. somebody asked if Dancing with the Stars gave you a call tonight, would you join the program? I'd for be the next there season? in a heartbeat. I like that. A heartbeat. What about I, Mass Singer? I don't know what that is. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to know. Don't look it up either. <laughs> That's a joke of a show. What about Mass Dancer? Mass Dancer is even worse. They dress these Actually, guys. I would prefer mass dance. <laughs> <laughs> they dress you up in some nonsensical costume, and it's a celebrity inside, and then uh, Ken Jeong and the rest of the uh, celebrity hosts decide to guess who it is. It's the worst show ever created, worst show ever imaginable. You know, when it comes to dancing, and this is what I say, you know, and I try to tell my son this, because let's be honest about it. The, 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 the girls... Brittany can move. Brittany can When move. you're talking about, the, you know, with the girls, when you're in... Uh, you know, elementary school, or then you get into junior high school and you start having some of these dances in high school and all that kind of thing. Right. You know, the, the, the females are, they're okay with getting out there, a bunch of them together and dancing and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And the guys are standing, you know, the typical lined up against the wall and nobody's getting out there. Half of being a three, 90% of being a good dancer is just being a dancer. It's just moving. Just get out there and move around. If you look like an idiot, it doesn't matter. The That's guys right. that look like idiots are the ones that are standing against the wall. That's right. That's right. Right? That, no, I listen, me and my friends, when we weddings, whatever we got, we dance. We boogie for yeah. three, four hours in a row, and we just move. I have some rhythm. God love my wife. I love her to death. I was mentioning we were dancing last night. My wife, God, she doesn't have a whole lot of rhythm. Oh, not not a whole damn. lot of rhythm. All right, very quick. Very yeah. quick. This is a great question by Brian B. Because we got a couple things we still got to get in here today. Okay. Yeah. What famous female would you want for your dance partner if you were asked to be on Dancing with the Stars? Who would you want your partner to be? And this, we're not playing this game like, you know, you get out of jail free card for a night. This isn't go, go down that road. We're just talking about you had to pick somebody to go out there and dance. Yes. You have anybody you can think of off the top? Because that's a tough one off the top of your head. That's a tough one off the top of my head. Let me give me five seconds. Um, I've got mine. I got, I got mine. Emma Watson, Harry Potter, Hermione Granger. That's my pick. All right. Emma Watson. Yeah, I'm sure she's got to listen, Tom. She danced with Harry in the last movie. Great dancer. When I lay my head down to sleep and Uh close my eyes, be careful. When I close my eyes, every once in a while, not all the time, every once in a while, I have a dream, and that dream remind is 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 me up on the stage of that 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 halftime Super Bowl. Super, Super Bowl halftime show a couple years ago. <laughs> Shakira and me, we have the two most honest tips that have ever that have ever been hipped on this on this planet. So me and Shakira would win Dancing with the Stars because our hips do not lie. Okay. I think about that halftime show a lot, Tom, with Shakira. Let's leave that. <laughs> Just stay away from that. Casey. <laughs> Uh, does it have to be a celebrity? Because I was, I think my wife and I could care. Oh, stop it, God. Casey. What? Lord. What? God, that's terrible. Move what? on. What? 
Lindsay, Lindsay Guy. Who would yours be? Um, what male girl, would you pick? Girl, doesn't matter. Or female, doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter. matter. Is there somebody you would pick? I don't know. I want to dance with Zach Efron. I don't know if he's got moves, but I would love to. He can Zach dance. Efron. He can dance. Who? Zach Efron. Who is that? You got to get your, get your, get your, get your head in the game. He's a former Disney. <laughs> <laughs> he's a former Disney star. Now he's a, now he's a famous actor. He, his face is all weird now, though. Well, Respectfully, I heard he I... broke his jaw. People say okay. he got, like was doing drugs or whatever. I don't, or I don't know. I okay. heard he fell, broke his jaw, and then he had to have surgery, but. I still love Zac Efron. He's a very, very handsome guy. That Tom, movie, have you seen that movie that came out in there? I want to. Iron it's, Claw? It's fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. Drew, Bear, Drew Garrison says he'd leave his family forever just to square dance with Kay Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, good. what's your answer? We're, we're, we're uh, you know, um, I, I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain. I mean, the easy one to pick, guys in the chat, a bunch of them said uh, Margot Robbie, Margot right? Robbie. I mean, yeah. Julian Huff you know, would be fantastic because she well, actually dances. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I, I because, because I know her, and I think she's actually one of the hosts of the shows. I might, I might pick Aaron. Who? Aaron Andrews. Andrews. Oh yeah, I like Aaron Andrews. There. Yeah, I like her, and I know she's her, and I know she's cool, and I know she's fun, mm -hmm. so she'd be into it. Did I she, think. Did she compete on Dancing with the Stars? I don't think she did. Maybe she did. I don't know. Hmm. I think she did. She Aaron was? Jill Andrews was oh she was a co-host of Dancing. Yeah, she was a host. She, she used yeah. to be one of the hosts. She yeah. used to fly when we would do football games with her on a weekend. She would they the, the Dancing with the Stars people ABC I think it's on right. They would send yeah. her a private plane to every NFL game, no matter where it was on Sunday, and they would fly her after the game back to Los Angeles so she could be there Monday morning to film, however many a couple or two or three in a row that they do. Damn. Pretty good, good work. It's a good gig. Good, good work. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Are we ready for your top five? Yes, we are. All Tom. right. And we got chat rankings coming up. Yeah. So we talked quite a bit. Casey, Casey, can we get it? Can we get a close up on me? Yeah. Hey guys. Molly wants to dance with Joey Votto. He would be excellent <laughs> at that. Yes, he would. He'd be a lot. He'd be a lot of fun at that. Glad you typed that in. Thank you. Go ahead. All right, guys. So we obviously the Cincinnati Bengals have uh, they've announced that they've hired their new offensive coordinator, and Dan Pitcher. We've talked a lot about, you know, should we be worried about this Cincinnati Bengals offense going forward? So I put in the top five um, imp people, most important things to the, the Bengals offense next year. So without further ado, here are the okay. five things that are most important to the Bengals offense next year. Good. Coming in at number five, it's the new OC. It's Dan Pitcher. Uh, he'd been in the building for a long time. They think very highly of him. He's obviously not going to call the plays, but schematically, he is so important for this top or for this Cincinnati Bengals offense, um, and that's why he comes in at number five. Okay. If, if he can't get it right, I don't know if the Bengals can get it right. Coming in at number four, this might surprise some of you guys. I've said it for a while. You keep this guy upright, we're, we're hard to beat. But Joe Burrow is actually the fourth most important piece to this offense going forward, Tom. Yep. He's the he's the fourth most important piece. He fourth if, most. Yes, not the not the most fourth most. I but got you. You keep him upright. We're very tough to beat. But there are still three things that are vastly more important for the Bengals' offense. Coming in at number three, it's not a person. It's more of an idea, and that is the triple reverse bootleg pass where uh, Tyler Boyd or Tanner Hudson or Jamar Chase gets the ball for the fourth person on the play and tries downfield and, and, and throws it right to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is so important to get right going forward because we know Zach Taylor. We all have our vices. He's going right? to pull it out. Some people, some people drink too much. Some people gamble too much. Zach Taylor is addicted 
to trick plays. No doubt. And that's what I love about them. Yep. Eventually, it's going to work. Eventually, it's going to work. And next year, it will work. So that's coming in at number three. Number two, listen, if you've been watching this show for long enough, you know that this is, um, for most offenses, the absolute most important piece. And that is the kicker. It's Evan McPherson. The Cincinnati Bengals. It offense, is for their offense in the playoffs. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> cannot get it to work if Evan McPherson isn't ready to go. As we all know, we win a Super Bowl. Some people say put a statue of Joe Burrow outside. We're actually going to put a statue of Evan McPherson outside of Paycor Stadium. So Evan McPherson is number two. Um, you might be wondering, listen, Reed, you, you said the offensive coordinator. You said the quarterback. You said the kicker that, yep. that, that propelled them through the postseason the last Quarterback fourth. Yeah, and then you said the most important play in the arsenal, and that is the the double, triple, quadruple, yep. Yep. reverse pass. Oh yeah. What is the most important mm. piece to the Bengals' offense? It's Drew Sample. DS eighty nine is so important so to get tired. him the ball. No longer on the team, open by the way. Space. So he will tired. be next year. No longer on the team. Drew by the way. Sample <laughs> will be resigned. We'll give him the super mega max contract. Give him more money than Joe Burrow because he's worth it. The two most important parts this year, your two favorite plays this year were when Drew Sample bowling balled over Tanner Hudson for the touchdown and when he scored against the Buffalo Bills. Drew Sample is the most important piece of the Bengals' offense next year. That was my top five. Alex and Mr. Tired, 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 tired. <laughs> Mr. Tired says, I'm Mr. Tired, and this is tired. <laughs> All right, chat power rankings. All right, here we go, everybody. Um, anything you want to say ahead of time? Uh, has there been late movement during the yep, show? Because there, there have been some good lines here near the end. There has been late movement. There's been a lot of disgusting there stuff, is, too. There has been a lot of late movement. Um, so we're going to start with honorable mention. We got one honorable mention uh, this week. We got A.J. Worse. A.J.'s my guy. We met A.J. in the Betfred suite. Well, sorry. Uh, we met him in the suite at the <laughs> Bengals game. Um, this is my guy. He talks to the chat every day. I love him. Let's go, A.J. Let's go, Cats. Uh, number seven. We got Justin. Now, Justin, again, I, I, I tell this story because this is where, like, Everett and Tom need to be right now. He and Tom got into that riff that one day late in yep. August. And ever since then, they've been they've been together. They've been like two peas in a pod. So, Justin, you're number seven this week, buddy. Congratulations. I, lo I, love, I love the guy. Come on. Number six. We got Mouse Cop. Who's now Mouse he's, Cop? He's been going as Mr. Tired oh, lately. Mr. Tired. And that's why he's not higher on why this list. Why did he change to Mr. Tired? Well, because he says that we're tired and all of our topics are tired and our guests are tired <laughs> and everything we do is tired. Well, Mouse Cop, he's that's probably why, right on all that. Well, he might be, but that's why you're not number three because it doesn't seem very positive, And that's why. I love Mouse Cop. I've met Mouse Cop. After every Xavier win, Mouse Cop gives me a phone call, Tom. And that's a real story. It actually does. Um... Uh, Number five. So he's giving you 10 phone calls. Ricky Logan. This is my guy, Ricky. He lives by a water tower. I, I know that because he, he told me once. Um, Ricky is, is the biggest Reds fan in the world. He promotes us nonstop. This is why we love Ricky. That's the best picture, by the way, of anybody. I agree. I agree. And that's, is that you and Taylor? Where were you? Uh, we were at the Emmys. We were at the Emmys. Are those the photos you're talking about, Tom? No, those are not. Those are most definitely <laughs> not the photos. Those are most definitely not the photos. Uh, number four, we have, we have Brian B., Brian B, again, I love Brian B. He might be my personal personal favorite chatter we have. I first met Brian B. I never met him in real life, but I met him in the chat. He was very negative. Everybody was being mean to Brian B about the Reds. But ever since then, he has been a, a light, a, a shining star in this chat. And I love him very much. Number four. Number three. Harrow. 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 
I changed my pronunciation. Which is it? I still don't know. We still don't know. Can I, he I, tell I, us? Could he please give us phonetically? They do it every time. Uh, they tell us every time, Tom. Is but it I hair, H-A-I-R dash O or har, H-A-R dash H-O? I don't I mean, know. R-O. I, again, these are just questions I don't know. Haro, haro. 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 Haro like borrow. Okay. Haro like borrow. Okay. Okay. Number three. Molly said it's Haro. <laughs> See, and this is that, where you that lose. means it's that means that he just typed this it. This is in. where you lose me, and this is where I don't know. So, Harrow, 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 Harrow. All right, go ahead. Number three, congratulations. This is my guy. Number two, we have Mark Fetters, superstar. Best, best logo of any of them. Go ahead. Best logo. Of, uh, he's a big Michigan fan. Now, I love Mark Fetters. If you're not riding this guy's gambling picks, he's the hottest gambler in the in the world right now. He is. I, he hit two parlays again last we night. On, easy. What? We are the hottest gamblers. Well, we might be too. Chatterbox bets. Uh, see that video later today. But Mark Fetters might be the 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 second hottest gambler in the world right now. Uh, follow all of his picks. Before we get to number one, we have the Elliott Super Chatter of the week, and that goes to Chai Town Real Estate. Now, again, this was. I'm not going to say it was bought and paid for. Um, but it was because he donated $80 <laughs> to our chat today. So this is based on his money that he's given to me personally. Thank you. If you keep doing this, you will be the Elliot super chatter of the week, uh, from this point forward. But you, again, I love you. And more importantly, I love your money. You notice um, that he's advertising on our channel right around the time that taxes are due. I wonder if he's trying to love it, it love it. Hey, love it. And the number one chatter of the week without question, without fail the most consistent chatter, the most loyal chatter. He, 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 he texts all of us individually, or he DMs all of us individually. He's a friend of the program. He's a friend of Hamilton. He's a friend of Ross High School. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the kicker, Everett. Everett is number one this week. You have got to be Everett kidding Everett has me. earned it. He, you what? have got to be kidding he me. He has earned it, Tom. <laughs> it's the same tired act. He is a shining star in a dark, dark world. <laughs> Everett is my personal Superman. He is, he, is, he is a light for all of us. And we are the mosquitoes <laughs> to his light. We just go right to him. We're all drawn to him. Moths. Moths to the flame. Mosquitoes. Uh, uh, number one, Everett. Parentheses, kicker, McPherson. Thank you, Everett. God bless America. Thoughts, Tom? Of all the guys in there. All Everett, and I love Everett. He knows it. He and I are like this. We are, for real. Sometimes you know I love like you, that. Everett. You know that. But it's the same. It's the same thing over and over. You are not rewarding creativity here. I think it's creative. <laughs> Do you think it's creative? Tom, I don't know. Do you think his goal every day when he's on this chat is for me to bring up his name? Yes. Yeah. But, here's the, <laughs> but here's the thing, Tom. He, he doesn't just do it here. He does it on Twitter now all the time. He responds to all of us every day on Twitter, and he continues the bit. That is determination. That you is know great. what? I will – I. Okay. It never Fair stops. Enough. It, Fair the enough. kicker bit has never stopped once in the past month and a half. So I love Everett. I think it's great. Where's I, I, Yash? By the way, I think I think well, Yash has gone away for a while. Yash has gone away yeah, for a while. Yeah, he has been back. away. He's back today. Well, he's back today, but he wasn't here. This again, this is a con consistent thing all week. You gotta know you gotta go by number of chats uh per week. Like Sir Boy is always a number one, but he doesn't chat all the time. So I love Sir Boy. He grinds his peppers. And, and, and I, I, I respect it, but he doesn't chat all the time. Everett chats nonstop daily. And this he is does. why you got to be number one. He does. He does. I give it up to him for that.
I hear the church bells. It's 12. Which can only mean one thing. High noon in the city of Hamilton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. And it also means it is time for, if I'm not mistaken, for box lunch, correct? That is correct. correct. All right. Uh, We'll be back here Monday. Casey, have a great weekend. You too, Tom. Safe travels back home. Thank you. Tell your mom and dad, everybody's everybody around you, grandparents up there, or what? Mm-hmm. Everyone's up everybody. there. Everybody. We'll tell everybody we said hello. I will. Have they seen you yet on this show? Yeah. They've, yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> they show their friends, everyone. Dude, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's cool. Well, I don't like hearing myself, so I'm, I imagine my family hearing me, which makes me. But it's cool for them. It is cool. I just can't listen to my own voice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It used to be cool for my family to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, have a great weekend. What the hell are you laughing at? Oh, you funny today, Tom. You're you're very funny. Can you end it with the with the worm on the floor? You want me to do the worm? What is this? Yeah, we'll end it with the worm. It's his best dance move. This is the best dancer in all. Of yeah, you're you're kidding now. Can you please do it? The worm. This is a Friday. We this is a this is the most fun show we've had in a long time. I think Honoring. this is warranted to a the worm. worm. Please, the worm. Yeah. My, my dance move isn't the worm. The yeah. dance move is the flop. Okay, will you do the flop? I won't do the flop because it'll hurt on this. On this but I will... camera also. Oh, my God. You got... Roll the tape, please. Roll the tape. Do the worm. Why do I have to do this? Oh, my God. The worm. Here Look we go. at this. Oh! Oh! Oh, my God. Oh! Look at oh! this. <laughs> Having said that, it is time right now. Here we go. What better way to end our show today? That's right, Tom. Bucks lunch. Here we go. Have a great weekend. No one.